Thank you for having me below the belt. I'm Zara Mizrahi. I do Carmilla on Modoc, also the girl who has sex in the cemetery. Um, and I have also done Family Guy and American Dad. I do Meg's voice getting punched in the face sometimes. And um, it's been it's been a pleasure being offensive here. And I hope that we get to do it again soon. <laughs> The Below the Belt show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> That's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTB, Below the Belt in the Mother Effin' House. I'm your host, Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure. And man, tonight is an amazing show from top to bottom, as we always do here on BTB. Uh, let's go ahead and introduce the illustrious panel, if you will. Starting with, that's right, he is the man with the calming presence. He is the Persian prince of pop culture. And he is, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Gen Pop. Mr. Gen, <laughs> Gen Pop. Uh, Mike the General is odd. So, so being Woo. called Mr. Gen Pop now, I guess, uh, should people worry about being shivved, like, all the time? Or... Um... <laughs> Wow, dude, this went really dark. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not always a calming presence, as people people know, but <laughs> I do I do try to every once in a while mix it up. Just Sometimes for... it's, a, it's a misnomer, is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, General, glad you're back on BTB. Oh, glad to be here. All right, let's welcome back to BTB. That's right. She's affectionately known as Your Grace. She's also known as the Mother Dragons. The queen of the Andals, the queen of the Umbunt, and every Daenerys catchphrase. And most recently, she's been dubbed Miss oh. LST. That's right. She is Morgan Fabulous. Hello. You may call me your grace. <laughs> Good. So lovely to be here. Always a pleasure. Good to have Lord, you, Morgan. Lord, Lord Albert of House Soto. That's right, Alberto of House Soto. <laughs> Alberto, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's welcome back to be to be another favorite on the panel. She's voice actress extraordinaire. She's a great mom. She's the one and only, the adorable one, Allie Dash. Glad to be back again. Good to have you back on BTB, Allie. 
And we actually have a new voice joining us on the program. She's a close friend of Miss Morgan Fab and also BTB's own Sabrina Taylor-Smith. Yeah! She is the one and only Char! <laughs> Hello, everyone! What's up, Char? Good to Welcome. have you on BTB! Thank you for having me. I'm excited. You're a, uh, you're a baker extraordinaire, yeah? Yes, <laughs> she. I told her she yeah. needs like a nickname, like, sh- like I don't know, like Sweet Char or Char's Cake Cake Girl. I don't know something. Well, like Sabrina's cake. already Sweet Chocolata, so right. we have to... spoken for. <laughs> <laughs> well, are those? Uh, is that logo in the background? Is that yours, Char? Yes, it is. Yes. so cute. I guess this is time for a plug, Char. Yes, it's time for <laughs> Char, go ahead. For a baker extraordinaire. Yeah. Tell so, us about um, everything that you bake and then some. Okay. So um, I am a cake artiste. Well, cake decorator, cake artist, baker. Yeah. I don't just do cakes. I do uh, a little bit of everything. Um, I, I started out, I would say, now 12 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I started with doing cheesecakes, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, Who doesn't love cheesecake? I love cheesecake. I really uh, do. The only except cake. for like the, uh, yes. the dairy intolerance, I guess. The, oh, yeah. Nowadays. I, I, I want it, but I can't have it. The cheesecakes were the first thing. Yes, um, I did pumpkin cheesecakes for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, oh yum. God. Yum. Sounds delicious. <laughs> Al, Char made my birthday cake uh, three, four years ago, and it had, I wish I had a picture, but like it had a, it was a cake that looked like a bite had been out of it, and there was a fat unicorn <laughs> made out of fondant, like eating a piece. Uh-huh. And it, it was like, I, I took the unicorn home with me, like it was edible, and it right. sat in my fridge. For probably months because I couldn't. You didn't want like, to eat bear. the unicorn because you loved ba- it. I also right? couldn't bear to throw it out. And then finally, I don't know. It must have been like close to like Christmas, and my birthday's in August, and I was like, <laughs> "You need's gotta go." But oh my goodness! That was just one of the like. The I don't know. If, I don't know if you have anything with you right now that you're doing, but like stuff is amazing. Like she's made. Didn't you make a um, Fortnite cake? Like oh, she's done make a- any theme. Yeah. Any theme. So how did it evolve from just cheesecakes to okay, these elaborate so, design cakes? Um. Well, I I was doing them. I was working at this bar, and so I had like all my regulars that would come in and get these cheesecakes for me. And then somebody was like, "I don't eat cheesecake. I want a I want a cake. Can you make a cake?" And I was just like, "All right, I'll try it." And um. When I started making it, I'm like, man, this is so much easier than cheesecakes because I don't know if you know anything about making cheesecakes. They take a long time, like the, the oven time and all the all of that, the technicalities and all that stuff. It takes a long time. Um, so the cake was so much easier, and I was able to like decorate it the way that I wanted to because I'm very artistic. I started off as an artist, so I was able to you know put more on it and. Um, put more colors and I was just it just allowed me to show my creative side and on top of being much easier so then I just started making my own birthday cakes and then I was that girl you'll you'll hear this story a lot from a lot of cake decorators how how it all started you're the person that brings the the treats everywhere you go 
and then um, you're the person that everybody asks to make their cake, you know, for friends, and then it turns into people saying, hey, can you make this cake for this event? I'll pay you. And then it evolves into somewhat of a business, and that's yes. Yeah, and that's geez, awesome. What you're able to do in your own kitchen and expand it uh, yeah. in your own amazing business. So now, if you could tell us what um what is the strangest cake design you've ever had before? What is the strangest? Hmm. Like you ever had like a bachelorette party that had you make like a oh. gigantic like penis cake or something? I oh mean, my gosh! Well, oh my god, have you done that? Well. <laughs> You know, what's funny is that hasn't happened until this year, but I have made oh. a penis before and it's, it's, unconventional. <laughs> it's unconventional to those who are not in the military. Um, I have a friend who's a, he's a former Marine and I guess, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the green weenie. Have you ever heard <laughs> no. of the green weenie? I, I, yeah, I haven't really looked into it, but every year he, he asks me to make a green weenie for his friend for his birthday. Oh my god! And it's 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 a it's I guess a, a you might United States Marine thing. I I don't know. It's like a gag thing. And <laughs> so is it a green penis? <laughs> it's like the Incredible Hulk stick, right? <laughs> uh, pretty much. It was really strange. I put these like uh, edible black glitters on it to make it. It was it was. Oh to my. Make it to do... <laughs> to simulate what? Oh, <laughs> Where are you going? Where are you going, Char? The um, black sprinkles. Oh, the hair. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any vanilla frosting to, to simulate See, something Al? else? It was green. It was a green weenie. Okay, so well. You took okay. it too far, Al. <laughs> oh, then again, God. Then again, now you know what I'm alluding to. But again, this is right the below the belt show. This is below the belt show, It's a below the belt cake. <laughs> yes, the below the yes, belt Yes, Allie. Wow. <laughs> oh. like that. So you can choose any flavor. You have a variety of flavors you can make the cakes, yeah? Yes. So I, I bake from scratch. I mean, it's every cake decorator is different. You know, nothing is, um, there's no rules to the whole cake decorating thing. But um, I, I bake everything from scratch. So people can just tell me what they want and I just make it happen. And I like doing that. Well, throw out your Instagram. Let's let's, let's check it out. Let's check out some so, of the amazing cakes you've done. My Instagram handle, it, it started off as my hobby page. So if you go all the way to the beginning, you'll see where I was um, just putting in my paintings. And then I started doing a little bit of like food photography. Um, photography term used very loosely. Um, <laughs> it wasn't that good. <laughs> but um, the handle is sweet underscore smartest. That's um, S-W-E-E-T underscore S-M-A-R-T-I-S-T. Very cool. Um, amazing stuff. You got those blue macaroons. They look like the ones oh, that yeah. Baby Yoda was eating in The Mandalorian. I love those <laughs> macaroons. Ow. She makes them. Making those. They, look, they look store-bought. And I did a photo shoot with so her for her company. And I'm telling you, they taste like, I mean, it's it's amazing. Like, I could have eaten the whole box, and my sister still talks about them to this day. Amazing. Like, I mean, yeah. they, these are very comparable to the Mr. Charm City Cakes, the the, <laughs> the, the cake star oh, here in Baltimore. Uh, yeah, she's gonna be the next. Oh wait, Char, throw out the contest as well. 
Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of like a, the baker's rite of passage. Um, <laughs> every so often, there's, there's this contest called, it's called The Greatest Baker. Um, and I think every cake decorator has entered it or is in it. And um, it's a very long contest. We're in the group phase right now. Last time I checked, I am in first in my group. Yeah. And once we get through the group phase, then you get to the quarterfinals, then the semifinals, then the finals, and then you choose the winner. So um, next Thursday, I believe we choose the group winners. And as of now, I'm in first. So where can we find information awesome. on the contest? So if you're on my Instagram page, I have the link in my bio. So you can just click on Ooh. that and vote. But you do have to have Facebook account to vote. So vote um, every day. Okay. Yes, and you All can right. vote every day. A free well, vote sure. every day. Amazing. Well, next time we have a BTB social, perhaps uh, we'll be giving you a call to make us a below the belt show cake. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had one ready, but you know I can't complain because business has been good and I've been busy. So. Yes. Definitely I love the Minecraft time. cake. Oh, oh do yeah, you the... like that one? Oh gosh. My son loves good. Minecraft. Oh, does he? His <laughs> next birthday, Allie. Something to keep in mind. Be the I'm big telling you, I love you got a nice so rain- you like got a nice from- rainbow cake for Pride Month. Jenna, yes, I feature you know, that in my story for Pride yeah. Month. All right, very Have cool. Have you ever done um, a Marvel cake or like any of the character comic book characters? Um, I actually did a Spider-Man cake for Sabrina. Okay. Um, That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah, it How was, cool. I, I do remember that. I was kind of, you know, getting my bearings with it all. So it's, love it. you know, it's not one of, I love it, but, you know, I probably wanted a redo. <laughs> right, right. No, I think but I can make cool. it more extravagant. That's why. Mm-hmm. Well, Shar, we appreciate you talking about the business. Yeah. Uh, uh, the cakes look amazing. Um, and, uh We'd love to. We'd love to try some of the cakes uh, sometime again. A BTB social, I think, is is in yeah. order. But we'd love to have you stay on uh, the show because we're gonna switch gears and talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment uh, here on Below the Belt nice. Show. It's a lot of fun stuff. Um, but before we do that, let's go ahead and introduce our special celebrity guest, who's going to be joining us later in the program. She's a comedian. She's a voice actress that has appeared in Family Guy and American Dad. And more recently, um, the number one streaming show across all platforms is Marvel's MODOK. And she voices the character of Carmilla Rappaccini. We have the wonderful and talented Zara Mizrahi will be joining us on Below the Belt show. Um, Excited to have Zara on. Uh, and uh, to talk everything about MODOK, you know, stars. Other voices uh, on MODOK include Patton Oswalt, Ben Schwartz, Sam Richardson, Mandy McClendon Covey, Beck Bennett from Saturday Night Live, and John Hamm even voices Iron Man. Uh, Bill Hader, Alan Tudyk, Nathan Fillion, Kevin Michael Richardson, and even Whoopi Goldberg are in the voice cast. So, wow. uh, yeah, it's a big list of names in uh, this series so we're going to talk everything about modok i know general you're there you're the resident comic book experts on btb he is he you know is. a lot about the character of modok yeah a uh, fair amount yeah he's he's so ridiculously awesome he's like uh <laughs> like like something like modok would only come from uh what's called the silver age the silver age of comics where yes. 
they just did so many insane ideas like you know a guy I could see that because it was strange yeah (laughs) it's basically a guy with an enormous head yeah tiny limbs Mm -hmm. I was like, what's going on here? There were some really funny parts. (laughs) So it was an experiment that he was hoping to to become a a genius or a master? Well, like like a superhuman brain? In the original story, he was like this uh, in uh, AIM or AIM or whatever. He was just like, he was just like the janitor there. And he was actually like kind of an idiot. And he was uh, set up for this uh, for this experiment. And that's like it turned him into this like brilliant genius with like psychic powers and everything. But it horribly mutated him and mutilated him. Wow. And um, so dark. I I mean, like like a lot of times, like, you know, it kind of like alternate in the stories where they they either play him straight as this like I like truly horrific character or they play him for comedy. And they've done a lot more like comedic stuff with him. Well, based based on the series on Hulu, it's definitely more of a comedic approach. Oh yeah, That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, you'd say so, right, Morgan? You've also watched a few episodes. Yeah, I watched yeah. the ones that you suggested, and yeah, it's definitely more of a comedic. Yeah. Yeah, it had yeah. it had its. Mo- I mean, it was funny. Who's yeah. the actor that plays him? Pat Oswalt. That's Pat o- Oswalt. Yeah, I was like, I know this voice but then i couldn't ratatouille ratatouille is probably like yes that's what it is i was like how do i know yeah wow so we got zara mizrahi again who voices carmilla rappuccini who's the daughter of monica rappuccini Mm -hmm. um who is kind of like uh modok's right hand woman i guess is uh, is that how you describe the Monica character, general. Well, she's she's currently head of AIM in the comics, at least. Like I said, I Come. don't have Hulu, so I haven't seen it yet. But yeah. it's like uh, in the in the comics, she's you the do head now. Of it. No, I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and she like uh, she and Modok despise each other in the comics. So I don't know if they if they bring that over to the show. Okay. Oh, oh wow! Wait, That's which awesome. one is which character again? The um, Monica Rappaccini. The girl who we're interviewing's mother, right, Al? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they kind of they yeah. they have a weird like love hate thing in the okay. show. Is what is yeah. They kind of there. I was reading a little bit on the character that the mother, that she's the bi- biological mother, but she's kind of like a, a genetic experiment. And yeah. Then, mm-hmm. And then um, Carmilla got put up for adoption, and then the parents, the the adoptive parents, sadly had had died or were killed. So then, of course, uh, Monica takes her in. But I don't know if that's the exact story <coughs> in um, Modoc. But uh, nonetheless, we'll talk more Modoc a little later. So we'll yeah. talk about some other things here on BT. But we're excited to have Zara on. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yes, Your Grace theaters are starting to open up. And I know AMC was going crazy uh, uh, in the stock market. But nonetheless, yeah. um, AMC is going to take advantage of their um, recent uh, financial success. And buy out other um, theater properties that are, that were hurt through the pandemic. Um, ArcLight was particularly one of them. The ArcLight theaters, um, a, lot, a few okay. of them are in Los Angeles. And um, they're basically looking at theaters that were previously operated by ArcLight and Pacific Theaters. Um, and, you know, buy those theaters out. So, um, and I know that Alamo Draft House Cinema... 
they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy to the, due to the pandemic, but they're starting to come back on their feet again. They just opened five new theaters um, and are starting to emerge out of bankruptcy. So the theaters are, you know, I mean, the pandemic, you know, it's in the rearview mirror now, you know, so more people mm. are going to be coming to theaters um, mm-hmm. and returning. And, uh, you know, the theater experience is just so needed. I mean, for the big blockbusters, you really yeah. need them, you know? You can only do so much at home. We're like, with like a, um, you know, like the H, like the um, recent, uh, for instance, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, you know? I mean, I, I'm sure that film in the theater, because I watch it on HBO Max. Because you're, if you're going to give me the option to stay at home and watch HBO Max or go to the theater, most likely I'm going to watch HBO Max instead of go watch in the theater. So, But that movie should have really been the you know, experience of the big screen. At least yeah. I, I definitely need to go see a movie. I actually haven't been to the theater since 2019. Oh, the last wow. time I went to the movies. Well, that's even before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I was, to be honest. Okay. I, think well, I was so busy think, with like working events at that time um and like just we haven't we didn't get a chance to have a date night then the pandemic hit was and it then star wars like, by chance i think you mentioned probably, you saw star no, wars theater, for, right and that was like the last that was one of the last movies of 2019 it was like christmas of 2019 yeah yeah because we never went in the theaters okay. to see star wars i can't remember i'll have to think about that it's so okay. long ago now that's okay um but let's see some trailers just dropped there's a really cool trailer that's uh that dropped um it's a movie called reminiscence starring hugh jackman wolverine himself um and it's um directed and written by lisa joy who co-created westworld so i mean that's kind of cool if you have the mind behind westworld uh, with this movie but basically hugh jackman's a private investigator of the mind uh, someone who helps mm-hmm. his clients access lost memories and relive those memories and their emotions. And soon he becomes obsessed with the past when he takes on a new client and tries to find the truth about a woman's disappearance. Um, pretty cool premise. Reminiscence. So, trailer looks pretty dope. Um, there's also a really creepy trailer uh, for a movie called Demonic. Um it's from yeah. District 9's director, um, Neil Blomkamp. General, General, were you a fan of District 9? I yeah. love District 9. I yeah. Fantastic. No thanks. No thanks? That's not a pass for Morgan. Same. Same, you know, girl. You know I can't. Anything is it, is it, is I'm with you on that. <laughs> what'd you say, General? Is it just because of the aliens? They were all, like, weird and shrimpy and insecty. It's, it's scary. It's not, it gives oh, me goodness. nightmares. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good movie. It's like really well done. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I just... Take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, coming to theaters soon, which debuted at this year's Sundance, is a movie called Mayday. Um, and it's uh, basically um, a character who finds herself transported to a dreamlike and dangerous coastline and once there she joins a female army engaged in a never-ending war with women lure men to their deaths with radio signals mm. jeez oh so Sounds like good. so like ancient mermaids <laughs> I guess. this is pretty <laughs> this is uh this is the, the feminist movie i guess i don't know well, like, you know because that's the that's the exact uh, that's the exact premise behind mermaids like back in like ancient times they used yeah to- oh yes 
Or sirens, sirens. Oh, sirens. Oh, sirens. Sirens. Yeah, they had a TV yeah. show, Sirens, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um, Grace Van Patten stars Mia Goth. Um, Julia Lewis is in, Ooh, in the I film. Like yeah, this is going to debut in the fall. Wow, I haven't seen Juliet Lewis in a lot in anything in a while. Yeah, yeah. she's she's a pretty brilliant actress. Um, mm-hmm. It's good to see her in something. Still working, you know. She's been in the business for a long time. Uh, top of the box office, no surprise, was A Quiet Place Two, um, and that's smart. You're going to do better box office numbers if you don't have an HBO Max um, debut. I mean, let's just be honest, because like The Conjuring Part Three also dropped on HBO. Max and the theaters, mm. and it wasn't even the top of the box office because people would rather sit home and and watch it on HBO Max, you know. But I have not seen it. I need to go, so I need to go to the theater and watch A Quiet Place because Quiet Place One was pretty oh, awesome. I can't. Sure, Grace, not your type. I want to go back. I want to go back to the theater with you, Al, because we always have a good time. But I just, I will not be well. You, <laughs> like, would you Would you watch A Quiet Place too? I can't. I've already just see just seeing the previews. Like I was scared in my home. <laughs> All right. Well, one movie I know you will watch. Your Grace is Cruella. Yes. Sorry, I'm scared. I want to see. I want to see that good. in the theater. We'll see that in the theater because we don't we don't need to pay thirty nine ninety nine or whatever to watch it on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. 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 So I'll Emma Stone yeah. plays Cruella. You know, just kind of like the origin story of the mm-hmm. one hundred one Dalmatians um, villain. Cruella de Vil. So, I like and I'm, it. I'm a big fan of Emma Stones anyway. So. Yeah. And Spiral, um, the, the latest installment uh, in the Saw franchise with Chris Rock. Number three and fourth and fifth place, respectively, is Jason Statham's Wrath of Man and, can you believe Ryan the Last Dragon still in the top five, Your Grace? Oh, so good. That's like we the, still need to um, see it. It's the new crew. Oh, we, Allie, we saw that in the theater, and it was great. I want to see it so bad. I've been so waiting fun. for it because I didn't want to spend the thirty was like thirty dollars. Yeah. So I've been waiting. Yeah, we, yeah, we went to the theater. It was really good. Yeah. It drops this month, I think, on Disney think, Plus. Okay, yeah. good. So you'll finally be able to see yeah. it. Yeah, you should be able to see it soon. Yeah. And of course, the big film festivals are coming back this year, which is a sign that pandemic is definitely definitely dwindling which is a good thing um big movies and celebrities lined up for the upcoming Cannes film festival in the south of france um movies like paul Verhoeven's benedetta and sean baker's red rocket um asgar farhadi's a hero and um also uh oliver stone has a film as well um it's Basically, two hours. He's going to present the first two hours of a four-hour documentary about John F. Kennedy's assassination, called "JFK Revisited Through the Looking Glass." So um, that's the big, um, the big uh, documentary that will uh, premiere at Cannes. Um, also, Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard's Annette uh, mm-hmm. is going to open the Cannes Film Festival. Jodie Foster will receive uh, the Palme d'Or. Uh, this is basically the um, basically just the big the big award for um, for just I guess a career accomplishment in film basically, and that's Jodie Foster. And what's interesting about her receiving this award, she was actually at Cannes Film Festival as a teenager, 
for her movie Taxi Driver uh, with uh, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, she was starring in that film, and now she's coming back uh, as the recipient of that award. So that's kind of cool. And she's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what else? So um, there's also going to be a biopic about Celine Dion called Aline Dieu. Yeah. I think I'll like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so lots of good films that'll be part of the Cannes Film Festival. Um, this is July 6th through the 17th. And because France is, they're pretty strict over in Europe about the pandemic. They're basically requiring everyone to have been vaccinated. And if you have not been vaccinated, you have to show your proof of vaccination. But if you haven't, you have to um, test negative for COVID uh, 48 hours before the film festival. So, um, you know, hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. You know? You know, a global pandemic, you know, we don't want anyone coming from the U.S. and bringing, like, something over to France and vice versa. Someone from France coming back to the U.S. and bringing something. So uh, we right. don't need to go through that shit again, do we? No. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So this is pretty exciting news in production. So Chris Hemsworth just posted a, a, a picture of him looking completely jacked. Like, the gun show was was, was going on. It was... Um, an on-set photo from Thor Love and Thunder, Ooh. which actually wrapped production um, this week. So basically wrapping that big film up. They're, they're, they're saying that this film will kind of be like a mini Avengers movie. where you are going to see multiple Ooh. characters Ooh. from the Avengers. Kind of like what Captain America Civil War was, you know? Because we're not going to see a, um, a regular Avengers movie for quite some time. It's not in the timeline. So this will kind of serve as that movie. Doctor Strange oh, a little. God. Yeah, there's it's not in the yeah the, the next Avenger movie is not supposed to drop for a while, you know, because they have so much on the slate right now. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm excited I'm, for all the films coming up. I'm looking at the picture. He looks ginormous. Ginormous, right? Like, well, he's doing doing some kind of Hulk Hogan biopic, isn't he? That's, yeah, that's another reason why. His arm is like yeah. as big as my head. Yeah, yeah. So he's so he's like definitely he's definitely uh he's definitely <gasps> oh. oh my god. He this and I have the same insane. we have the same birthday. He and I have the same birthday. There you go. It's meant to be meant to be. It is meant to be. Yeah, what do you think of all the muscle on, on Thor? Do you think it's, wow. it's uh, that's too much. Too much for you? Too much. Well that's okay. Yeah. But he's really getting the character, because that's the thing. The last time we saw Thor, he was Fat Thor, you know? So he's going to just make this huge comeback. And, of course, as you mentioned, General, he's going to be in the Hulk Hogan biopic. So, as you know, Hulk Hogan had the 24-inch pythons, brother. So, you know, (laughs) he kind of has to represent there. So, yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. It opens in theaters on May 6, 2022. So, yeah, a little bit less than a year from now. Also, big news on the Spider-Man um, universe. So, basically, they're saying uh, the president of Sony Pictures um, Motion Picture Group, his name is Sanford Panich, admitted that there was actually a plan to connect Spider-Man to the studio's other Marvel projects. So, which includes, of course, Morbius, um, 
and other films that they have in the works. The Venom franchise, of course. But what is interesting, if they decide to bring Tom Holland, is that means they have to integrate MCU with the Sony universe, right? I mean, it will only make sense. So this is where this bit of news is very troubling. General, I know you can comment on this. If they want to bring these universes together, why the F would they cast Aaron Taylor Johnson, who was Quicksilver, in the first Avengers movie? Yeah. And cast him as Craven the Hunter, who is a, a villain, right? In in one of the Rogues Gallery well, of Spider Man. Kind of, right? he's, he's mostly a villain, but every once in a while he becomes like an anti hero. But yeah, the. Um... I guess it's the same reason why they, um, you know, they've they've repeated casting before. They've had Alfre Woodard play two separate characters, and she's a pretty uh, pretty well known actress. Alfre Woodard, yeah, I believe she was. Uh, tell me, the, remind me of the two characters that she portrayed. She was Mariah Dillard in the Luke Cage TV show, and then she was also um, I forget the character's name, but she was in um, Civil War. She was in Captain America: Civil War. I do War. recall her in Civil War. Yeah. But the thing is, they haven't they haven't proven that the the Netflix Marvel universe is tied in though, have they? Mm, no, I guess they haven't. Okay. Yeah, but see, this is where this is an issue because this is allegedly both MCU characters, right? I mean, <laughs> if they want to bring Marvel and the Sony universe well, together, think of it this way you can think of it this way: Aaron Taylor Johnson, like if you if you see Quicksilver and Craven the Hunter in the same place they don't they look nothing alike I right mean, that's they have the problem i have colors. there's a lot of actors they could have cast yeah they have different hair color like craven as a mustache all that right. stuff. but it's like uh so i mean you could get away with saying well i mean there are two different people who look similar <laughs> because they don't, I don't look like up. and aaron taylor johnson is I want stuff to make sense and if you want it to be the same universe you don't cast the same actor to play two different characters Plus, there's it, even though they they say that there's going to be some kind of connection, that doesn't right. necessarily mean it, it might be like a multiverse thing. If and, it's a multiverse thing, that's pre- pretty much the only way they can explain that. Yeah, maybe. It, it gets pretty deep, man. It gets pretty deep. All right, well, we have lots of other interesting movie news. Um, they're actually remaking Firestarter. Um, this is the movie that starred um, Drew Barrymore as a child in 1984. It's based on Stephen King's uh, novel. I remember. Yeah, and Zac Efron is starring in it. Um, but they just cast the young actress who will play the Firestarter. It's Ryan Kira Armstrong, who's been in American Horror Story and The Tomorrow War. She's going to be cast as Charlie. Okay. And, um, you know, I, th- I think that's a movie that, that it's okay to reboot that one. You know, it's it's been so long. It's been so many years already since it's been passed. And... Uh, you know, it'll be for new a new generation, I guess. You know, so I guess I'm okay with that one. I'm um, for it. Yeah. See, there's some things that that can be rebooted. In some like like Chachi said last week, Back to the Future. They should absolutely never touch that film. Oh. It's just one of it's just Definitely. one of the movies. Just unless it's a unless it's a direct sequel of the original movie. That's different. But you just casting a new Marty McFly. It's just, it's just no. not gonna happen. Um, this is a hell of a cast. This is um, an upcoming movie about the golden age of Hollywood. It's called Babylon. Max Minella, Lucas Haas, Red Hot Chili Peppers Flea. Can you believe that? I he's love pretty, Flea. 
he's like a big time actor now. Did you know this, General? Um, what else has he done besides? I know he was in Point Break. Yeah, he's <laughs> what, done a few other gigs too. I, but I just thought oh, it was interesting. In, um, he was. Now in this is industry. crazy. Uh, in addition to Flea, which is wild. One of my favorites, as everyone knows, who who listens to Blow the Belt show, that Margot Robbie is like my favorite. <laughs> Her like literal twin, like she's like a clone of Margot Robbie, is Samara Weaving. They're they're both in the same movie, so that's gonna be kind of an over a Margot Samara Weaving overload for me. So that's gonna be pretty wild. They're both from Australia too. They just look a lot alike. I mean, like you know, it's crazy how similar they look. Similar. In fact, I actually. When I, I thought on the red carpet the SAG Awards, I almost mistake mistaken Samara for uh, for Margo, and it was kind of embarrassing um, when I just realized, oh wait, Margo, no, no, never mind. <laughs> and I think I remember like her date was like, see, I told you, which because you know at the time Samara wasn't like a well-known actress, you know, she she was in that movie uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and like in a very That's small great. role. That's phenomenal a movie. Yeah, she played like like the hot girlfriend of the, one of the characters in the movie, um, like the much younger girlfriend or whatever. Um, but uh, now she's pretty well known. I mean, she's done a lot of good stuff. But it's a heck of a cast. Um, also, Brad Pitt's in it as well, and Ooh. Catherine Waterston. So it's basically the late 1920s during the movie industry's transition from silent films to audio Ooh. talking. <laughs> so. I, one point many moons ago, movies were silent, silent TV. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Charlie Chaplin days, you know. So it's kind of cool to get to see, kind of like the story of how that sh- shifted from, from that. Um, but um, you asked about Flea General. Uh, he was also in Queen and Slim, Boy Race, and Baby Driver. Okay, Baby Driver. I've yep. seen. I haven't seen the other two. Yep. So, yeah, please. Accomplished actor. It's kind of wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Jared Leto, he's like a, a rock star, but he was mm-hmm. an actor first. Yeah, you know? he was an actor first. Yeah, and then he had success with his band, 30 Seconds to Mars. Right. And then you have, like, accomplished rock stars going the other way, like Flea, and just, like, taking on the acting world, which is kind of cool. Uh, let's see. Speaking of Margot Robbie, can't get enough of Margot Robbie. She's going to be in a movie with Taylor Swift. That's a wild combo. Mm, also, Christian Bale, John David Washington, that's Denzel's son, Rami Malek, and Zoe Saldano. This is David O. Russell's next film. And apparently it's still untitled, but he was the um, the director of American Hustle and Silver Linings Playbook. I'm sure some of you saw that. And also Joy with Jennifer Lawrence. So Mm. Um, so the plot details, the title are under wraps, but it's interesting that you're going to bring Taylor Swift in a serious acting role. I don't know. Has Taylor Swift had a serious acting role before? Uh, I don't think she has. I mean, unless you count her dramatic, uh, Music videos, no, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I like I can think I was gonna be really upset with you. <laughs> I mean, that's that's her acting, isn't it? So just... <laughs> right. She yeah. was in that no. one movie, like date, like where it was like New Year's oh, Day or Valentine's Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah, you're right. Oh, okay, you're that's right. the only thing I can yeah. think of. Yeah, you're so right. I don't th- 
That's the only think... one I recall too. Yeah. I don't think it was so... a very. Um, I don't think there was a lot of range called for that. Right. <laughs> but she's like in the just saying. Room. With some serious actors. Your so grace she... is very graceful. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, maybe she'll be good. Who knows? Maybe. I, you know. So speaking of know. speaking of range, Tiffany Haddish is going to be portraying an Olympic Olympian track and field icon known as Florence Griffith Joyner. She's playing Flojo. Flojo. I can see that. I can. Can you believe that, Tiffany Haddish? I could see it. What do you know about Flojo, Morgan? I'm not too familiar with her. I mean, I just remember the name because she was like a very strong black female icon because she was like such a good athlete and she won. It was um, she's like a short, short race, right? Or she? Okay, so yeah, so it's in the 1980s. She was dubbed as. The fastest woman on the planet. Yes. Yeah. Record-setting sprints in the 100 meter, 200 meter races at the 1988 Summer Olympics. Yeah. So she was, and she had those really long nails. Yeah. Didn't she? That was like a thing. I just remember. Okay. They say her name is in like a couple of songs. Keep something. Keep my money, like Flojo. Okay. Something. What am I thinking of? (laughs) Baby got back. Yeah, yes. baby got back. Oh, what's the line of that's it? Morgan got back. I, I mean, I like my women like Flojo or something. Okay, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, she's going to be training hard. <laughs> I mean, Tiffany Haddish. Uh, wow, she's, she's going to have to. I think she'll do well. She's she's a good actress. She's already proven. She is. Acting yeah. range, doing more dramas, you know, because she is yeah, a comedian. That'll be interesting, one. yeah. Yeah, but she has begun training for the role, um, so that I that'll mean, be interesting, right? Yeah, that'll be yeah. a lot of diet next. Not that she doesn't look, not that she's fat or out of right. Flojo, like there was like Rip, not an ounce right? of fat on her. Like her legs yeah. look like a muscle racehorse. Like That's what she's gonna have to do if she wants to. Like, she was jacked. jacked. Like, She's going to have to do that for that role, obviously, right? Hey, you writing me a check? I'll do whatever. <laughs> you'll, you'll do it too, right? That's the thing. She, you know, whatever you want me to be. These celebrities, you know, I'll tell you, man, they have it easy because they get the trainers and they can devote the time, yeah. you know? Yes. They, got it, yes. they got it going on. Yeah. Um, let's see. Finn from Star Wars, John Boyega, has a um, an upcoming film called Naked Singularity. It's a heist thriller with him and Olivia Cook, and it's directed by Chase Palmer, who actually co-wrote the screenplay for the 2017 version of It. So, um, basically, centers on John Boyega's character as a young New York public defender whose idealism is beginning to crack under the daily injustices of the very justice system that he's trying to make right. Okay, so it's the powerful... Um, they're calling it a heist thriller, but it basically sounds um, like a, a law drama. But um, he's... Okay, so he's pulled into a high-stakes drug heist by an unpredictable former client in an effort to beat the broken system. Okay. That's where the heist part comes in. Interestingly enough, John Boyega actually quit a movie he was shooting for Netflix uh, for family reasons. And the movie was called Rebel Ridge. 
So production was paused after he had to leave due to emergency family reasons, and they pr- pretty much have to recast his character. Um, and um, that's crazy. I mean, that, when you leave a, a movie and you're the star of the movie, and it's like, it's got to be something just bad. Like, if you think about, like, Zack Snyder stopped directing Justice League, you know, um, because his daughter, like, committed suicide. Not, it was enough for Damn. director to stop. <laughs> so it's got to be something on that level for John Boyega to literally walk away, you know? Right. Don't you think so? I mean, that's just, mm. I, mean, I don't know. Um, well, well, wishes go out to John Boyega, Finn from Star Wars. Um, Cobra Kai season four, they just dropped a teaser trailer. Um, I know Chach is excited about this. Terry Silver, he's the original bad guy in Karate Kid Part 3. So he's going to be kind of teaming up with um, with the Crease character and to go up against your now protagonist in um, Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence. They're kind of joining forces now because they have, uh, I guess, combined dojos, you know, between the two. So. Uh, be interesting to see um season four i'm really looking forward to season four um general did you tune into cobra kai of course i did yeah, yeah. are you what do you know about uh see i got i have to re-watch karate Kid Part Three. ever I, watched the movie with terry what's his last name terry, terry silver silver never watched that's like karate kid three that's three yeah i was wondering yeah if you i've never that, seen that i gotta re-watch that movie because i yeah. barely remember his character so but um, dude, but he had like he had like slicked hair and like a ponytail. Ponytail, he had the silver. So, okay. Yeah. So this time in in the um, the trailer for season four, he's got the iconic ponytail, which is now gray <laughs> because he's <laughs> an older guy now. Um, interesting, man. Interesting. So he he was the main protagonist. I'm sorry, the main antagonist in Karate Kid Part Three. So. General, this is crazy. So Jupiter's Legacy was basically at the top of the um, ratings of Nielsen at Netflix. And that that wasn't enough to keep the show going. So apparently it's done after one season. Yeah, I heard it. I don't get it. Why? So basically, yeah. It it probably had something to do with, like, like, suddenly... Like Mark Millar, a lot of Mark Millar stuff is not like. Uh, then they just announced like something else Mark Millar did uh, was known for. It's not going to be on Netflix. It's going to be somewhere. well. They basically ended the version of the show that premiered, mm-hmm. and they're going to now do a super crook series, which centers on the villains of the same universe as Jupiter's Legacy. Oh, okay. So I was, I yeah. Was, I was, I was thinking it may have been kind of similar to like they canceled it because they ended their relationship with Mark Millar, like Millar World. But I guess it's not the case. I think it'll still work with Millar, but he basically said he's proud of what the team has achieved, mm-hmm. and he's been asked what's going on and what's next, and then the answer is to see what the super villains have been up to. Um, so I guess that's the focus. I guess maybe, I mean, there's certainly a lot of material that you could use with the Jupiter's Legacy, right? I mean, did you watch it, General? Haven't quite caught the first season yet, but I, okay. I did too. Okay. It's got uh, a heck of a cast. It's got Josh Demel, Leslie yeah. Bibb, 
Matt Lanter. Yeah, I Al, I know you enjoyed it a lot. I haven't I haven't I haven't tuned in yet. Oh, okay. So yeah. we're both in the same uh, Yeah, both... no, I haven't had the time, man. I wish I did, but yeah. it is on the list. I will watch it. Um but that's the thing. Do, do I want to watch and dedicate time to something that I know that's going to have an abrupt ending because they're not going to do a season two, you know? Yeah. And that, is, that is the that's big the thing, you know, it's like, yeah. I'll watch it, get invested in and find out they're not going to make another fucking series. I mean, what's the point really? You know, well, they I should, hate they when should. shows get, yeah, mm-hmm. they, right? they, they don't have they an should. ending. Yeah. They should. I hate that. They should at least do like a, like a two hour movie or something to mm-hmm. at least close out any of the, the cliffhangers or loose ends from the the first season, right? But I mean, especially when things thinking, are so unanswered. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking there is something. There's something much more like I won't say sinister, but I'll say that there's behind the scenes. There's something crazy behind the scenes going. On. There's something crazy behind the scenes here. Yeah, because mm. it wouldn't, especially like you were saying how it was like the number one rated Netflix show. Like yeah, uh, for this week. Yeah, it yeah. it it, it does not make any sense why they would um why they would do that unless like unless like the producers went mm-hmm. way over budget in like some kind of insanely irresponsible way or um someone like committed a crime or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says here 696 million minutes of viewing time. Wow. In the week that it premiered May 3rd to May 9th. Is that how they measure? Is that how they measure ratings for uh, streaming shows? Minutes of viewing. Yeah, time? that's the I guess the best accurate way they can measure streaming. You know. So so uh, that's actually really interesting. I wonder if yeah. they they actually get to the point where like if someone watches like fifteen minutes of a of an hour long show, like do they count that fifteen minutes or do they count that as an hour? Or um, that's wild. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like kind of a data nerd, so now I'm like really, really. Uh, oh, that's totally. I I get it. I get it. You're more than one kind of nerd. I get it. Yes, I know. <laughs> Are we all in some ways? Um, so the Obamas, as you know, they're producing for Netflix. Um, Barack and Michelle, the former president, um, and also they're teaming up with Kenya Barris for a Netflix series that combines music and animation. It's called We the People. Um, it's gonna be. Ten three-minute-long episodes. I had no idea that Netflix actually had any kind of three-minute episodic things on their platform. It's kind of unusual, but uh, it's going to feature music by her and Brandy Carlisle, Andre Day, and others. It's going to hit on July fourth, and um, if you are a fan of Melissa Barrera, she's in In the Heights, um, which I know. Jer- Morgan, that's your kind of movie, right? In the Heights. Oh, I you know, can't wait to see dancing. that. Yeah. I'm still, I'm pissed I never saw it on Broadway, but I yeah. can't wait to see that. See it on the big screen, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, Melissa's going to be cast in a Netflix series called Breathe. So she's, um, okay. And an, an upcoming um, drama series as a Manhattan attorney who finds herself out of her comfort zone when a small plane crashes in the Canadian wilderness Canadian wilderness and she must battle for survival so like a little survival um, drama so oh this is great exciting news man I am so happy to hear this wedding crashers 2 is gonna happen 
Wedding Crashes is one of my favorite oh my God. comedies. It's going to happen <laughs> on HBO Max. Oh, my gosh. Um, and apparently the reuniting Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson to the 2000. That movie came out 16 years ago. Can you believe it? Stop. Um, oh, my God. 2005. Wow. Oh, man. And Isla Fisher, Rachel McAdams, they're on board. That's such a good movie. (laughs) Oh, man. So so many good lines. Yeah. And it was just, it was basically just, yeah, it was Vince Vaughn. It was Owen Wilson (laughs) trying to get late at every wedding they you know that they, they, they crashed and uh and then just, will ferrell with his crazy character. crazy yeah crazy and there a tiger the meatloaf the meatloaf now no that's the that's tiger. the hangover that's the hangover oh, the- tiger's hangover <laughs> another great comedy by the way but I'm, you I don't know, think i've like seen the, wedding crashers with the whole yes piece. you have you have to have mm-hmm. seen it with Bradley Cooper, like back in the day. Like, that's more like his breakthrough roles. Oh, yeah. yeah. The girl yeah. from Mean Girls is on it. Um, yeah, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. So basically, it will, it. it will surround, it will basically, it's about the two guys single again in their 40s. So um, that's crazy. That's, that's insane. They're actually going to do a sequel because. I love how they went back to coming to America and you know coming right. back to Crashers is that's a movie that you know old school is another movie in that same vein is another movie that I would love to have seen a sequel of you know um, pretty much all of those uh, all like those Will Ferrell and Owen Wilson like yes. in crime movies all those early two thousand movies yeah those early two thousands Will Ferrell slash Owen Wilson or Ben Stiller and, right. Uh, mm. So many of those are like, yeah, I mean, it's not like I want to see another Meet the Parents, for example. But right. Like the first Meet <laughs> oh, the Parents is a great movie. Oh, and, great. Uh, it's going to be great, man. Uh, also, in HBO Max, they're doing um, a movie with Natalie Portman um, called The Days of Abandonment. Well, any movie basically with Natalie Portman is going to be great, but it's based mm-hmm. on a book. It's um, What's it it's called The Days of Abandonment. Mm-hmm. And it's a woman um, who abandoned her own dreams for a stable home life. But when abandoned uh, yes. by her husband, her world is thrown off its axis. Mm. So it's a no-holds-barred journey into the mind of a woman. Tale as old as time. Tale as old as time! <laughs> yes! So none of you watch my one of my favorite shows right now, Mayor of Easttown. They just had... I just... Uh, I... I, I freaking inhaled that first season that good season. good can we talk about can we talk about the finale now of you watch? yes okay let's talk about I it i gotta watch it but go ahead holy if you guys don't mind we got to talk about this finale we had mackenzie lansing on last week who plays brianna and we were all trying to guess and you know she's kind of keeping like uh you know a, you know she couldn't reveal stuff about the the finale back then but whoa did General, did you see anything about that kid? Well, no. Like, um, I mean, they they did show. I mean, well, I mean, should we talk about spoilers? Yeah, yes, we should. Okay. We talked about it last week. And Go ahead. I don't think anybody yeah. cares at this point. Well, no, sure, people care, but they have. So, basically, well, if you haven't like, seen Mary Beast Down, it is, it is the big surprise in the finale. The big surprise yeah. in the finale is that the kid is the killer. Yeah, a thirteen-year-old yeah. boy is the killer. Oh. And the motive, which now is clear, that he didn't want 
the cousin tearing the, his parents' marriage apart. So okay. the kid wanted to scare the cousin mm-hmm. with with the gun and accidentally shot her. So that, it's a tragic ending, mm. but it was already a crazy relationship because basically John Ross had an ancestral relationship with his cousin, Aaron, who died, and they're trying to solve the whole mystery of who never killed mind, Aaron. Never mind the fact that he's, like, in his 40s and she's, like, 17. <laughs> yes. That's a little yeah. creepy. Yeah. And, you know, also that the fact that that's the baby, you know, that's the baby daddy. Um, And, yeah, I mean, the fact that the, ba- the baby's healthy and, you know, the, you know, the fact that, you know, the baby is the product of two cousins having sex. <laughs> oh, right. So what's that? What's that baby like? <laughs> the baby, other than like, near, near, had, near, 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 The baby had no cognitive <laughs> issues. The baby just had like health issues from like needed like uh-huh. some kind of ear, ear surgery. Yeah. Like deliverance. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that was like the big reveal, General. Uh, and uh, I knew something was up with the Ross brothers. Yeah, uh, and I you thought, know, thought it you was... know that Billy admitted that he did some, you know that, that he did it, but then then we got that whole photo reveal. So we got the photo reveal, and it was John Ross in bed, shirtless, and Aaron <coughs> McNamani um, smiling. Yeah, taking like, the selfie. Taking yeah. a selfie with, which I think it's basically yeah, it's it's I mean it's Aaron's father. And I think John are cousins, so basically it's like niece, basically. You know, well, if you think about like, it. So. I think technically they're considered second cousins. That's well, second cousins is some in in my culture it's considered niece. It yeah. depends on your culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. We also saw Mare uh, confront her fear about entering the attic, which mm-hmm. is the place where her son tragically committed suicide. Right. So we kind of got the closure on that. Um, I just, I don't know, like, for some reason, I don't feel like the kid being the killer is satisfying. I know it kind of makes sense, but it's, it's it's not really satisfying for me. I don't know why. Why do you feel it's not satisfying? Because it was accidental instead of it being premeditated? Yeah. I think so. Maybe that's a little bit of it. Um, well, I don't know. I mean... Like, John has I, no reason to want to kill Aaron. Right. Well, that that was the whole point. Like, he didn't want to kill Aaron, and neither did like you know because when Billy when they when they first implied that Billy was the one who killed her, I was like, why would Billy want to kill her? Even if they were sleeping together, like because because at first they implied Billy might have been jealous. That's the only yeah. thing. I was, well, if, they didn't if, reveal they didn't reveal that John was sleeping with Aaron until the beginning. The the beginning of the finale and Correct. so like but they 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 hinted that billy was the killer at the end of the pen is it penultimate or pentultimate i always mess that it's up penal, it's penultimate it's penultimate yeah in the pen yeah, i remember you corrected me and, I, and you actually were wrong and i was right yeah yeah i know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah four million people watched the finale of memorial day yeah wow yeah so highly it rated thriller? it's a mystery murder mystery thriller yeah like you know the the thing that's actually most compelling about that show and yes the murder mystery part is the like it's the big draw but a big yeah it keeps you on your toes yeah is 
where you watch like uh like there's like little hints of um just how much like small town america has just been like destroyed in the past like few years and you see right. like things have just been totally ravaged like right. just every town every family in this small pennsylvania town which i guess is supposedly it's supposed to be like a couple hours outside of philadelphia but it technically yeah, technically is in philly as far as the location of where we shot yeah yeah but as you know yours truly is in episode one yeah. Check me out at episode one of Mary Easttown, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I mean, it, it was great. I mean, the fact that like like Kate Winslet and our guest last week actually, um, you know, had to seek a dialect coach to learn yeah. like the Delco I, accent, mm-hmm. which is very similar to a Baltimore accent. Let me yeah. tell you, oh, Delco accent is very Wooter. similar. They say Wooter and they say Wooter, Wooder. Wooder. Yeah. Wooder. Wooder. and they, yeah. they they roll their O's. Kind of, yeah, yeah, same way. Kind of they the drop down, down like driving, um, driving, running, you know. Yeah. I used to say uh, water all the time when I was a kid, but my Canadian cousins used to make fun of me so good. bad. They did and a so good then job. I was like, water. Good. Water. <laughs> They're always like, water. They helped you. They made, they you made fun person. of me so bad because I was the only American cousin. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's water, wash. Washington. Oh, uh, I correct my down, friend all the time. Washington, oh, Wash. Uh, but yeah, so many people watched Mayor of Easttown on the premiere that it it literally crashed HBO Max Sunday oh. night. Isn't that crazy? Like so many users were experiencing error messages in unable to stream the the, the fi- final episode, mostly in the East Coast. So uh, imagine that you're trying to find out who the killer is and you want to watch it before, you know, people spoil it and you can't watch murder, the episode. Murder mysteries. Ali, I highly recommend Mare of East Town. Well, well, so now, now I know now I know who the killer the is. Spoiled it. All right. All right. Okay, see well, yeah. now that I know, maybe we I would be remiss if we didn't yeah. talk about it. Because, yeah. because we talked about Mare of East Town so much last week because yeah. our guest was Brianna. The, the the actress that plays Brianna, uh, Mackenzie Lansing. So I know our fans would be like, why did you talk about the finale if we didn't t- you talk about the penultimate episode? You know what I mean? So, but what's good, Allie, is that Mare of Easttown may have a second season. So as you know, you know, how would, Kate, they, do, how would they do a second season for that? Easy, actually. It would be a brand new murder mystery. And she is an FBI agent. She's know, not an FBI agent. I'm sorry. She's, She's a, like a, She's a small town police officer. Sorry, she's There's sm- going to be like. Well, sorry, she's a detective. Sorry, not FBI. Um, yeah. I mean, you think there's going to be like these crazy, intricate murder mysteries in this tiny town, like all the time? Yes, <laughs> like, absolutely. How, is, uh, how would they? How would they justify that? That's the only. I don't know. I mean, that's it's. <laughs> just... I feel like so many TV shows. Yeah. Have that, like mm-hmm. Rosewood, Pretty Little Liars. Or, like exactly. 5, I guess that was the whole basis for Murder, She Wrote. So well, they like... originally wanted it to be a limited series, but because of the su- success of it, and that Kate Winslet said that I would absolutely play Mare again, and that she misses her. She really does. She's in mourning because she's no longer playing her, you know? Like, she loved playing Mare, you know? Which I thought was kind of cool for her to say that. So, um, and actually, we talked about this docu series last week because now it's now it's going to become a HBO scripted series. It's called The Staircase. 
Um, and I know um, my buddy Kyle watched it. We talked about it. he was on last week about the staircase. Uh, and basically, it's pretty crazy, but basically, a man blames a staircase for his wife's death, and in actuality, bludgeoned her to death, but made wow. the staircase, uh, you know. How does that work? How is he able to, like, wouldn't forensics easily be able to find that, like, you know, yeah. someone falling down a staircase and uh, someone getting bludgeoned? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if he stages it good enough, you know, I mean. Right only that. Yeah. But just joining the cast is the real Your Grace. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sansa Stark, Sophie Turner will be joining the cast of. She's Jericho. not your grace. Your grace. I is Daenerys was your grace. Daenerys. Is Any, a, anyone in royalty. Is no, grace. no. <laughs> the original your grace is Daenerys Khaleesi. But why was every la- lady of uh, every yeah. lady called your grace? It seems <laughs> she's Lord of Lord, a Lady of Winterfell or whatever. <laughs> I mean. All right, I, I see your point. <laughs> oh man, Jenna, are you looking forward to the boys season three? Of course. Oh, oh my god. god! I am not caught up. I am not caught up. Well, they had a music video by Starlight promoting season three. Oh, I love Starlight. Oh god, isn't she amazing? Yes, yeah, she is. I need to just take a day and finish season two. Please like, do, I... Your Grace. Please do. So she sang a music video in a ballad, and she had a bunch of translucent, you know, the translucent of the invisible yeah. people dancing in the background. Um, and um, yeah, it was really, really, uh, it was fun to watch and see Aaron Moriarty as Starlight dancing around in that little. Uh, you know, that show was also very dark. She has. Had to it watch was that very during, dark. Oh. Ali, you got to watch the boys. It's very to watch it. I really liked oh it. Oh my god! I liked, but and it was funny and it was good. But like, there were some parts where like they would just cut it and somebody's head had blown off or some like, and I would be like, ah, uh, what? And I was trying to go to sleep and it just wasn't happening. People's heads start exploding like <laughs> randomly. <laughs> That's when you know some fucked up shit's happening. So <laughs> it got really dark that show. I uh, from that it was something else. Uh, let's see. Mosquito Coast renewed for season two at Apple. I haven't watched it yet. Stars uh, Justin Thoreau. Um, also um, on Stars, um, Outlander season six um, is wrapping production this week, but you'll see it probably in early 2022. Um, Your Grace, I, I was told Outlander is kind of like Game of Thrones, but I haven't. Yes. I haven't really seen it yet, but it has a lot of Game of Thrones vibes. To books first. My mother, uh, my librarian mother, loves Outlander. Okay. And she read either the book or the books. And then she, she's seen all, yeah, and then she's seen all the shows. And she's like, you need to watch this. I'm like, let me add it to my list. Yes. <laughs> add it to that list, you guys. Yeah. Um, City, City on a Hill is another show that's getting renewed for season three. It stars Kevin Bacon. Of course, we had James Dumont from that show on Blow the Belt. Uh, they just set the premiere dates for American Horror Story and American Crime Story Impeachment, which yours truly may or may not 
be working on. I guess that was the best way for me to say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, the American Horror Story uh, series uh, drops on August 25th. That's season 10. And then the American Crime Story impeachment, that drops on September 7th. So, um, and we're also getting American Horror Stories, which is um, a basically a limited series that has self-contained episodes. Um, and that's going to drop on July 15th. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot of, lot of uh, content on FX um, coming up. So that should be pretty cool. Um, I know... I know you're excited for Archer General, so that's going to drop on August 25th, the season 12 premiere. I wow. am super... I, I didn't catch all of season 11, so I have to go back and see that. But Yeah. So, I know you told me that show's brilliant. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. of course, I mean, it may be getting a little long in the tooth. That's the only... <laughs> long in the tooth. It's bit. been... It's been... It's been... It, a rough it's, yeah, it's not like so the long. Simpsons or Family Guy, you know? It's... Mm-hmm. How but, long can it go? I mean, you can go in a lot of directions. One of the, one Which of the one? Did Archer. Archer on FX. I didn't get oh. into Archer. I couldn't I either, play. but that's been on forever. Like, yeah. I didn't know it was still on to be honest well, but like the whole deal like they they, they kind of freshen things up a little bit for like the past four or five seasons where they would have like a different it was almost like uh it almost became like this anthology show where each season was a completely different narrative like one of them one of them right. one of them archer was like a 19 like a film noir and uh 1940s detective and then another one was like took place in the 80s and then another one was right. like spy and then, like, they just revealed that, that was, those were all, like, dream sequences while he was in a coma. Oh. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, they were, like, there was some cool stuff. And they did, like, some, you know, it's still got a pretty sharp sense of humor. But it's still, like, there's a, there's really, you know, they, I think one of the things that really kind of killed them for a while was, you know, their organization was called ISIS. <laughs> oh God! I mean, hello. <laughs> so they had to they had to rethink things pretty quickly once. Uh, about that. So did they rename the organization or? I don't know if they because like around the time that the uh, well the other ISIS became prominent, that's when right. they started all these like dream sequence like surreal seasons where they didn't mention the organization at all. <laughs> and like uh <laughs> that's wild that is wild general all right um and last in tv news uh, on peacock dennis quaid has signed on to the upcoming joe exotic limited series that's all about the tiger king oh god dennis what? quaid will be playing rick kirkman the reality show producer <laughs> so um yeah so john cameron mitchell will be playing joe exotic Kate McKinnon will be Carol Baskin. <laughs> Brian Van Holt uh, as GW uh, GWZ employee John Ranke. Um, yeah, just uh, among the cast for the limited series, the scripted series Tiger King. Tiger King will now forever make me think of the start of the pandemic. Yes, <laughs> you're yeah. right. Yes. That was like the first thing they said. Like, yeah, I mean, and, and that was Gambit. like the fun. 
that was to mm-hmm. me that was still like the fun part because like I didn't have to go into the office. Uh-huh. I was eating. I was right. eating mozzarella sticks. Yeah, and all everybody the was stuff. watching that show. The yeah, I, I came out at the like, perfect time. Yeah, but Absolutely. then, but then it was like, okay, this isn't fun anymore, and I've gained <laughs> ten pounds. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> also on oh. Peacock we have. <laughs> Uh, the writer Palm Springs uh, is going to be teaming up with Sam Ishmael for um, an eight-episode series called The Resorts. It's described as a multi-generational exploration of love, marriage, and family vacations. Huh. So uh, that sounds like it could be good. Or I mean, Palm mm-hmm. Springs. Palm Springs is a great movie. Yeah, Andy Samberg, Kristen Milioti. I've, yeah, seen, I've seen some footage of it. I haven't seen sat down and watched the whole movie, but that dance sequence was really funny. Yeah, it's, you know it's what I'm alluding really, to, right? The dance sequence. <laughs> yeah, it's a really funny movie, and it goes in some like because it's pretty much like it takes the whole ground Groundhog's Day from it. Mm. And, yeah, right, right. And, like, uh, I and saw, it was like yeah. it was really clever, but like you know that whole concept of a you know a bunch of romances during a you know, family vacation that's been done a million times. So I hope that right. something more interesting than just what that description entails. Well, I think this is a great time, guys, to take a classic cut break before we continue everything in the world of entertainment. Um, we're also going to say goodbye to the sweet artist herself, Aww. Char. Char, we thank you so much for joining Hi, us here Char. on BTV. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Yeah, and looking forward to seeing more of your work. Yes. I'm looking forward How to about tasting? out there. Yeah. We need to do a like an in person thing. We're gonna do and a beach be social. Oh, be fun. Are those fondant so flowers? Ooh. Yes, I made some roses. So did you make those like when you when you make those with like when you do fondant to make those, did you like make those by hand or how does that work? Like, how do you yes. do that? Oh, I have, um, I you have to do a video little, of this. My little there. tools. I have a little cutter mm-hmm. and this is called a veiner that makes it look like a, a, ro- a flower petal and it oh. gives it that character. And then I just put it together by hand. Amazing. Wow, that's yeah. And this is also this is also a, a decorator's tool right here that makes that. There's there's so many little things. I, I feel you like you should a nerd do a little now. video. Like <laughs> yeah. doing a, oh my like, gosh, yeah. I need someone to help me with that. The first I made a, a reel. Sorry, I don't want to keep y'all. I made a reel, my first <laughs> Instagram reel. It looked like World War War Two footage. It was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> what I was doing. Right. I tried. You, get, you tried. <laughs> Well, you can't be an artist at everything, so you'll stick. Yeah, with, you're right. <laughs> well, Shar, thank you so much for uh, joining us all here on BTB. It was Everybody, really fun having you on. Yeah. Great having you on. Aww. We're gonna now take a classic cut break to an artist that sadly passed away due to COVID-19 at the age of 66. He is the real singer behind Millie Vanilli, the R&B act that basically was fronted by Rob Palaz and Fab Morvan. And apparently he they were not the men that sang on the record. So it was a big scandal. They actually lost the Grammy Award uh, mm-hmm. because of the scandal. They didn't sing on, on the tracks. But the man who did sing on the tracks, his name was John Davis. So we're going to honor him 
by playing the classic cut, Blame It on the Rain by Millie Vanilli. Nice. In mind, if you watch the music video, that's not John Davis in the video. Those are the posers named Rob Pilatus and Fab Morgan. John is the true talent. So Thank we'll you, John. We'll be back here on <laughs> BTB, guys. Blame it on the rain. Yeah. <laughs> I, always like, I always liked Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You Better. I always like that. That's my favorite Millie Vanilli song. It's a tragedy for me to see the dream. <laughs> it's over. They didn't sing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. John, John sang everything. Forever. Girl, I'm gonna miss you. All right. Um. Since you're a Britney Spears fan, Your Grace, I thought of a very interesting Britney Spears post. She posted Poor Britney. neon yellow, um, but she's looking not very well. Showed she a view backside, and she said, uh, <laughs> "She said with with exclamation emojis and all, yellow." <laughs> I know. Pics are a little blurry, but my phone kept moving around, so that's why. Bunch of laughing emoticons. It took me yesterday for fun. I never show my ass on Instagram, and no, I'm not wearing a thong. Oh, well, here's my ass, ladies and gents. Enjoy. <laughs> now, you say she's not well. I mean, obviously, she still has the battle for her conservatorship uh, coming up on June 23rd. Um, I guess she's trying to remain positive and sassy and all that, as Britney usually does. But um, And no one's complaining about her butt on Instagram. But um, yeah. a lot of people are still wondering if someone is, you know, managing, you know, what she's doing and saying on, on social media. Um, because they alluded uh... to that framing Britney Spears. Um documentary but then she also has a social media manager named cassie who's in charge charge of her content but she denies any involvement in the free britney movement um which is rumored for you know freeing britney from the conservatorship the control that her father has over her because as you said you don't think she's well and if you're not well you can't be in charge of your own life and finances and things like that but um and all of her videos, like, there's just, she just does not seem good. No. Yeah. She does not. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how, how you can describe what she's going through, you know? But my thing is this. If somebody was really, like, monitoring her stuff, mm-hmm. wouldn't half of the things that are up there not be up there? Well, unless, what unless, I, unless what they're I designed to be up there. There's always the chance that, like, because Britney trying to make it like she's a weirdo. Kinda, it gets her in I the mean, news. She was, she was always very like eccentric. I mean, but yeah, sweat shaving her head, 
How long ago was it? Oh, no, was, no, no, no. She shaved her head. Because she didn't want to lose custody was, for her kids. Yeah. Did you watch the... Did you watch the video, Al? <laughs> oh, the, the, the documentary? I didn't. Yes. I didn't watch it yet. No. Okay. She did like this is, and this is what really this actually pisses me off because we made fun of her for years for that. Right. And if you look at the documentary, it's because they had been like this far away from her while she was like with her children. She couldn't go anywhere. She couldn't like. She just wanted to like go inside and like pee or something. And like, she just kind of had like a nervous breakdown because like she couldn't have any time to herself. They were, they were taking pictures of her with her kids. Like it, when you watch it, you actually, like, I felt bad. Like it, it just kind of showed like, you know, now it's like, everything's on social media. Like celebrities are showing us the inside of their house. This right. was like when people were not like, there wasn't Instagram. So like, a photographer, there were like 20 of them, like just mm-hmm. surrounding her anytime she went anywhere. And I think she just like kind of had like a panic attack. Like she definitely had like depression and anxiety. And like, I don't know what I would, I mean, everyone was, they were like, you know, calling her a bad mom because she had like grabbed her kid and like was trying to like get out of way of the paparazzi, but she had her kid in the front seat and like, right. like, Oh, Brittany's a ba-. like Diane Sawyer was like, they're calling you a bad mom. How do you feel about that? Do you think anybody would be doing that to a woman and uh, a celebrity today? No, because they'd be like, Oh, you're, you're, uh, you're shaming, you're like shaming women. So mm-hmm. I just, it's like 20 years later and it's like a whole different culture. So I probably would have had a breakdown. Right. If I was, in, and she was young in the public eye, and like, I don't like, oh, like I, I, I was crying during it. I had to stop it a few times, but I'm emotional anyway. So. Well, I mean, she's someone that you hold near and dear to your heart. So. Al, watch it. You no, watch you're right. It. You can, no, I'll you watch, watch it. Yes. It on, yes, watch it on Hulu. I watch it on Hulu. Hi. What else can we watch on Hulu, Morgan? You know what we can watch, right? <laughs> so we have on Below the Belt Show, we're so happy to to welcome our special guest. She's a voice actress. She's a comedian. She's on the number one most streamed show across all platforms called Modoc, and it's part of the Marvel Universe, Mike the Generals. I know you're a big Marvel guy. Yeah. Uh, we have Zara Mizrahi joining us. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having Hi. me, guys. Absolutely. And ladies. Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Yeah, we're happy to have you on because it's interesting. Last week we had an actress from the number three most topped streamed show across all platform in Mayor of Easttown. Oh, and now we have you as the number one show. So we're moving up on the ranks. <laughs> moving up, I'm moving down in the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we it's love, great we to love be the show. Here. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, Thank, I'm really so glad funny. you guys like it. Oh, cool. It's an it's absolutely insane. So I'm it, glad. It is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's out of control, <laughs> wacko, weird. Um, so I'm glad people are into it because we had no I mean, it's it's hard to like picture when you're in the room, like hearing everybody right. with the stuff and then like seeing it visualized is like kind of a trip. So yeah. I'm glad people are into it. We'll see. Yeah. Awesome. You play a character named Carmilla Rappaccini. That's right. Yep. Um, and, and she's and the daughter of yeah. um, the character voiced by Mindy, Wendy McClendon-Covey, who I love from the Goldbergs. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, who's Monica. 
Um, tell us, I guess, about your um, the journey. I know we talked we interviewed a lot of actors, but I'm curious how the voiceover auditions go uh, in landing a role like this. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, it actually was the most unconventional way um, I've ever gotten a role. So I was in the writer's room for the show and um, and I was just kind of hang. I was an assistant. I was a writer's assistant and I was just um, luckily able to like pitch in the room and they let me contribute, which was really cool. And then some jokes ended up in the script. And it was really funny because like my oh. roles there started really small and then just over the 20 weeks of the room, it just slowly kind of started growing. So um, like originally, I think I was I was submitted to be a writer on the show, but it had already been staffed or something. And so they were like, but if she wants to be a writer's assistant, I was like, yeah, dude, like whatever. This show sounds awesome. Totally. And um, Did you have any idea about Modoc at all before you got associated with the show? Not at all. Like I, I, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't really like weirdest weirdest concepts in comic books <laughs> so i know i know and, and it was so funny because somebody told me like this is the show that nobody really asked for yeah it's so random like the most the most random character but Patton couldn't have like that is the most perfect person to play that role mm-hmm. um yes um he even looks like him which he said on like jimmy kimmel or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> he like held up a photo of modok next to his face and like squinted ah. his eyes in the right way and it was just like yeah. dude, that's, so like, funny. How wild. that's yeah. funny you mentioned that because you actually have a, a little bit of resemblance for your character of Carmel. i know yeah. i know it's so funny how that happened um so so yeah it was like you're, just you're room. prettier oh my god thank you um that's really sweet um, do, can you tell how uncomfortable I am with compliments? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not your fault. That's all me. I'm working on it. You know. Um, so we, uh, so we were just, we were in the room, just like doing normal shit, and then like as, um, at one point in the room, the room split apart. So there was like the A room and the B room, and okay. they let me come into the B room and just start working, and then I was able to pitch jokes, and then before I knew it, I was like seeing jokes that I'd pitched like in the scripts. And, um, yeah, no, it was cool. And then, um, and then they were like, Hey, by the way, I know you do voiceover stuff. Cause they, they knew like that I had worked on some, some animated shows before. Yes, Family Guy, American Dad, which we'll talk about in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll but, talk yeah. about that. And then, um, and then they were like, do you want to just read the stage direction for the table reads? Um, which, which was kind of a fun ask. And so I said, of course, and it just so happened that there was this one character who, <laughs> who looks like me and sounds like me <laughs> and um and then I mean it was so nice but Patton was like she would be great for that and the showrunner was cool with it and then I had a couple people in the room who I just had become friends with and they were like you know sort of like push the idea along and then um and then that's how that sort of came together and then I played her and then in the table reads I was like bouncing back and forth between like the stage direction of my character and then back to stage direction and the character and then um when I was in the booth recording, I think I think contractually they're allowed to ask for ugh, I might be wrong, but like four characters or something. So it's like I had my character that I was doing, but they were like, can you also do this voice and also do this one? So, um, so like throughout the series too, there are like some random voices that I did too. There's like a couple yeah. having sex in a cemetery at one point, and I'm oh. like, oh, <laughs> you're, you're the girl having sex in the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> 
awesome. That's not a reason to watch the show. I don't know. Like, right. That is yeah. the perfect reason, of course. So, so the fact that you're not only Carmela, but you're actually, uh, actually a writer. I mean, you've actually contributed to some aspects of the writing of the show as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it, it was it was really truly a gift to just be able to like be in the room and see the show kind of come together from the ground up. Because in first season shows are so weird. It's like yeah. everyone is sort of not knowing. Like you can't vis- you can't really visualize it. Even though um, the showrunner Jordan Bloom really did have a specific vision for it. It's like I couldn't see that. He he's just in. He he knew. But it's not until you see it where you're just like, oh, dude, he was on it from the beginning, you know, which is which is cool. So um, so and the right the top writer. So the showrunner and then the two EPs came from American Dad, which is, I think, where the the pace comes from. That really. um, Yeah, like little bullets have character or are characters, too. Like if someone's shooting a gun and the bullet like comes out, then the bullet's like time to fight, time to die, you know, like. (laughs) (laughs) Just like it's such American dad type humor, um, which is yeah. obviously like what I'm into too. I but, love uh, it. The trip for you sure. Have, do you have a favorite joke that you wrote that ended up in the show? Um, one of the jokes I wrote was it's actually in the pilot. Um, it was it it was the catfishing joke. It's where um Modoc's daughter where Modoc's uh, daughters talk about how she catfished somebody at school and leaked her DMs and uh, and now everyone at school knows about her blood disorder or something like that. And yeah. then Modoc says, like, I told you, if you're going to catfish people, you have to disguise your VPN address. You have to do it this way, this way. Like, he's trying to teach her how to be, like, the. I can't remember exactly the words, but, like, you have to be, like, an even worse supervillain if you're going to, like, try, you know? Like, how dare you not be bad enough, you know? Hmm. Um, it, that was kind of the idea there instead of, like, just a father correcting a daughter. Like, the, you know, don't do that. It's you have to do it worse, which is, like, Modoc's, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Modoc's um, you know, key thing that he does yeah awesome. yeah, yeah that was the one i just like remember off the top of my head because it was the first one i saw like obviously in the pilot um so and i'm yeah. glad it's not for kids because i don't think <laughs> modok yeah, would be the kind of yeah. show that could be geared towards children because people see oh marvel animated show let's you know let's have all our kids watching let's see a couple <laughs> of sex in the, in the cemetery and, and, and <laughs> i was I straight up was like, yeah, it's fine for kids. Like, like I'm sorry, yeah. not like a parent. Because all my family members were like, can I watch it with my eight-year-old? I was like, I watched The Shining when I was like five. You know, it's like, that's not normal. Yeah, I, it was really <laughs> until I remembered how many, like, whatever, heads explode or people have sex in cemeteries mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, for children. <laughs> I, I always forget. Yeah. General, you actually know about Modoc, and I, I wonder because you know about the character, and apparently Carmela's character becomes a superhero. Mike, if you can elaborate, because you're the comic book geek here, so you know yeah. about. Yes, I am the comic book geek. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. So you knew about Modoc before. Yeah, I was I was familiar with Modoc before, and uh, I was actually super super duper excited. Like I said, I mean, I got to tell you that. Um, Back when, uh, back back like when I was in like middle school or in high school, and I used to read comic books all the time. Like I wouldn't have dreamed in a million years that they would ever make a make a make a TV show based on a character like Modok. 
and like uh i mean of course i was also a super cool kid back then obviously but it was a um so yeah the um just like you know the fact that and your character like your specific character does turn i mean i don't like i have have to say i haven't had a chance to watch the season yet but i have (laughs) morgan has that's okay there's a lot there's there's a lot to watch you know but you're alluding to who carmella becomes right yeah your character your your character does eventually turn into a superhero and i don't know like uh i'm I'm scorpion you can say it scorpion yeah yeah well the they made the puppet wear a scorpion sweatshirt which is like pretty funny yeah yeah but wouldn't that be a super villain or would it be a superhero? Well, she was a she was a superhero in the comics. There's oh. a more famous character named Sor- Scorpion who's a villain, but um, for a while there was a Scorpion hero, and yeah, that's uh, that. This is what I provide to the podcast. No, I'll this is cool. It. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, he I mean, knows well, all. Yeah, you know more about me than I do. Clearly, um, I. I uh, I read somewhere that it's rumored that she could even be the Hulk's daughter. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. I read that too. That was because the... Monica has a relationship with Bruce Banner. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be really interesting. Wow. Now, um, what if what if you let's see if they were at, we're gonna make Modok a live action um, movie or series? Would you jump at the chance to portray Carmilla a live action version? Yeah, pro- I'm sure I would. I'm sure I would now that I now that I kind of get grips, you know, baby steps. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think so. I mean, yeah. How could I not? You know, right? especially now, especially now. It's funny because on Twitter, the 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 dude who created uh, Carmilla reached out and was like, you did you did right by her. Like, thank you so much. And I was just like, dude, you like if you say it, then all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> then I'm like, I'm excited to like see. Yeah, it's kind of cool that like you can keep just yeah. having versions of of mm-hmm. characters that were created. I mean, that, that to me, that's the coolest part about the comic book world. Well, it's just whoever is doing it is like, yeah, it kind of has free reign. I mean, sort of, you know, like their interpretation. It's pretty rad. Had you ever had a role before where, like, it was a already created character, like, uh, where you could do that? Because that's got to be, that's got to be pretty wild, like, almost like, um, you know, philosophical to meet your character's creator like that. <laughs> it's true. It's it's actually true. It's oh, like, yeah, now that you say it like that, like, I, in some way, I guess any actor sort of is yeah. playing whatever the writer, you know, yeah. um, but definitely not not in a way where it was like th- their publications with this person in it. Um, right. So I'm glad I didn't like really think about it too much beforehand. Otherwise, I would have stressed out. And when you're recording, you don't hear the other people. So I really mm-hmm. it's it's kind yeah, of that's interesting. interesting that yeah, I was going to ask if you're actually yeah, in co- booths like next to each other, you know, going. But you're actually doing your stuff separately, is what you're saying. Completely separately. Yeah, yeah. Which is, and that's a trip too, because it's, I always wondered how that works. um, So they don't even have like a, they don't even have like a producer saying the other words to get the cadence. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, like sometimes there are temp tracks or something, or like in the animatics, right. maybe they'll have just like a demo voice um, just for rhythm, sort of. Um, But, but yeah, like uh, sometimes it's not both sides, or if it is, it's just temp. So y- in terms of tone, 
I, I kind of didn't really know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's just, you know, I'm, I'm glad it kind of, <laughs> kind of came together anyway, but it was, it was really crazy to hear Wendy, um, and how big she was. Cause I was yeah. very straight. So when she, when she went huge, I was like, Oh, thank God. Cause mm-hmm. like, Mm-hmm. If she were like a little more chill, I might have like dropped the whole thing, um, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Just like by accident, because you don't even know what the other person's doing. It's like I was just sort of doing what I felt was right. And and of course, I was being directed. But um, but it's interesting because because it really it, it with something like that, it's almost like it comes out the way the other person bounces it back at you. Um okay with animation so it's yeah so you haven't actually met all the cast in person like bill Hader or alan tudyk beck bennett john ham plays iron man like <laughs> like you're doing it completely separate was there anyone on that list that you was like oh, i wish i really had a chance to work like side by side with this person well um at the table reads, most of the cast was there so i met okay so much... the table reads. very nice yeah yeah so i met pretty much Everybody except Bill Hader wasn't there. John Hamm wasn't there. Um, but but like Amy Amy Garcia, Wendy, Ben Schwartz, Patton, obviously he was in the room. Um, and uh, like uh, Melissa Fumero and uh, you know a few other and Beck. Um, they were they were all oh Sam Richardson like they were all yeah, there because they, they're in like several Old episodes. Sam. Yeah, to just it was it was really amazing like. Every day we would go back to the room and and Jordan, the showrunner, would be like, dude, we got Ben. Dude, we got Amy. Dude, we got Ben. <laughs> like every day was like another. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how is that? <laughs> like, every, every person is like truly a killer and like has right. a really cool voice. So um, and that was that was actually interesting, too, to think about like voice casting. Like, of course, I was like, there are casting directors for that. But to think about casting in a way of like texture and like levels of voice like we of course think about casting with with acting like oh how did they look what's their height you know but there's like vocal height there's like vocal texture and those were things that like I was just you like not really behind the curtain for until this so those were the things that really stuck out to me that were just like fascinating. So that's a very long answer to your question but yeah like I I met I met them they were they could not have been like cooler people. And, uh, but with Bill Hader, no, I never met Bill. Oh, John Daly's another one who, um, we, we kind of overlapped recording sessions one day and I heard him like screaming diarrhea for like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> just like, <laughs> that long, so many, it was just so funny. Like I was just in the waiting room, like hearing them do it. It was just great. Like, it's so <laughs> It's really silly, but um, but yeah, it's really I mean, like happy, nicer people, funnier people. One of the silliest moments that I enjoyed was the um, I guess you get injected with pin particles. So for <laughs> your Marvel fans, that's what Ant Man gets injected to make him small. And then if correct me if I'm wrong, your mom Monica snorted you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a line of blow. Like what? That's- that's a way to end a scene right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? That's just, that's just some of the type of humor. Because you can't really see, I mean, you can see this in Deadpool, but in Marvel, Marvel's 
tends to be family friendly, but it it really is refreshing to see something rated R or you know for mature audiences, you know, in the Marvel universe. Right, right, which is which was so different from from what I thought it would be. I thought I thought it would maybe be like one foot in, one foot like if you're an adult, you'll get it, and if you're a kid, it'll go yes. over your head. That's kind of what I thought until I read the scripts, and I was like, dude, this is so cool. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was wild for sure, and it's and with animation too, there are just so many moving parts that like you're in the yeah. room and you get like one scope of it, and then you're at the table read and you get another scope because you hear everybody's voice, and then you're in the booth and then you get another, and then when you see the actual thing, it's like like there's so many <laughs> there's so many decisions a showrunner has to make and and yeah. um especially in an animated show there are just so many ways to do it and and oh, this yeah. was yeah particularly um i, I guess mean, you know it's in for adults when your character has a joy division reference because that's like the the goth you know punk band from uh, uh well general how we describe joy division's genre like they were post-punk post-punk okay that's what we're, they did you or did you know about Joy Division, Sarah? Yeah, sadly, I didn't know. About no, no, that's not sadly. I think that's cool as fuck, that's actually. Awesome. No, no, no. Yeah, I guess I meant sadly because I was at a point in my life where I was so sad that I needed Joy Division. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but it's funny. Yeah, there were I think a few different bands like that they were pitching for that. Um, like Elliot Smith was one at one point, or like something. There were there were like just a few sad people. I know all the sad artists. So I, was <laughs> I just, love it. Yeah, so it's basically a bunch of artists that killed themselves. Yeah, you know, yeah. Mac so, Miller could have been another one. If... Mac Miller, that was tragic. Dude, yeah. that's still tragic to me. Like, oh mm. god. Yeah. But this is not the we, we got to keep things lighthearted. Let's yeah. be a Family Guy and American Dad. So yeah, I, IMDb says various. So I'm guessing maybe like one of Quagmire's women. Like when, when you say various, <laughs> <laughs> how did you know? Am I right? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> very close no um so for family guy and american dad i was actually in a loop group um and what a loop group is is uh when so in an actually they do it for live action too but in this in this case it's like and uh there's a group of people all in the booth at the same time and we do like the ambient chatter like if characters walk into like a grocery store oh, in cool. the background it's really sudden you hear like and it's just gibberish um that's one that's one group record and then and then a lot of times it's like cutaway characters and you do like a screen if there's like a scream that someone has to do or when meg for example gets thrown down the stairs um i'm just that was just the one that stuck out but like um (laughs) watch the clip poor meg she gets picked on so much oh no um yeah poor Um, lacunas yeah She's just oh. terribly. I know. What a career, honestly. Yeah. Like that's my. Uh, that'd be incredible. Uh, yeah, to just Lacey like, Chabert quit. Mila Kunis steps in and yeah, does it forever. <laughs> but sorry for interrupting you. Zara. No, not at all. That's okay. Um, so when Meg is being Meg and gets thrown down the stairs, <laughs> like, well, so in in a session, I'll like watch the clip, see how many stairs she falls down, and then do the grunts her stare mm. uh, <laughs> so, so you, you get the grunts that's awesome that's, that's yeah so the grunter if someone's getting punched and then you kind of have to look at their lips and if their lips are like open like uh, then that's one noise or if they're closed like uh, that's another one so you have to like decipher <laughs> oh, cool yeah there's that's, so 
Yeah, so there are those like cutaway people. Um, if there's like it cuts to like a gymnast doing something, then you like watch how they run and they jump and you go <clears throat> and they land. Um, so so that's that's what, what the movies are like with that Canada. that range that range that range of grunts. I mean, <laughs> you better put that on your IMB. IMB. It is. It was already on there. The grunts. Yeah. <laughs> So, so hey, I mean, most down, people like, know that. <laughs> no, I know it's funny. It's one of those things that, like, you would mm-hmm. never know unless somebody right. was like, yeah. "I knew the grunts for yeah. the step." The step that is line. so. That is. That is a talent, true. girl. It's something and something you don't realize and, and notice when you're watching uh, yeah. a lot of these shows. Right. It's very well, important so to have. I'm these really sounds. fascinated by the concept of the loop group. So is that literally you're with a bunch of people and you're literally speaking gibberish? Like, are you actually like talking about things, or is it just basically? It's literally that. So, but we pretend we're having conversations so that the tone will change. So it's two girls and I think or women and three men. Um, I still say girls and guys. That's apparently like not. Yeah, cool. that's totally cool Um, we're we're fine with that okay i just i'm i'm the worst so um yeah so there's two two women and three men and then like um a lot of times you'll just like turn to the other person it's like that old game the sims i was about to say that yeah that's so funny. I don't know why I didn't think of that earlier, but that's exactly what it is. Yeah, we're just oh, cool. five of us. Yeah. Well, I got to ask an interesting question about how a lot of voiceover artists are stepping down from roles because they're not the ethnicity ethnicity of that role. And I know you're multi multi ethnic, so you can pretty much voice whatever character without getting a heat. But what are your thoughts on that? For example. Cleveland, Mike Henry, you know, stepping down for the voice of Cleveland, and and uh, Hank Azaria uh, stepping down for the voice of Apu in The Simpsons. Um, yeah, Morgan, I know where you, where you, what you're thinking. I, I but I, I was curious as an actual voice actress, actor, and talent, uh, your thoughts on that matter. I mean, yeah, like, I mean. <laughs> yeah if right. the character is black why be it should be black right i mean i don't know do you guys disagree like i always um for me you know, for me i just feel like it's been like we've been doing the show for how long and whoever's been doing it like to me that is the character so yeah that's interesting i, I why don't we move forward with new characters and then if you want to place them with the correct Ethnicity. ethnicity. I mean, I, 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 so my mom is black and my dad's white. So, like, can I play a white character? Can I play a black character? Or yeah, do I play right. a biracial character? Like, to me, I feel like that's bullshit. And I, I, I'm not trying to, like, you know, offend anyone, but I just, I don't know. Like, can I play a pony? Can I play a talking watermelon? Like, I just, I just don't think that, like, race has anything to do with a cartoon or something that is drawn because, and while yes, it can be indicative of real life, but it's not like it's different than like a white person putting on blackface. It's a cartoon. Yeah. And again, that's just my take. I just, I just sometimes feel like we're kind of getting away from like the real, the real point, like the real matter. Like I, yeah, I, I, 
I don't know. Like it's it's a hard it's a hard concept because yes, of course, like I do think people of color and women and uh you know transgender gay people like you know people that are in minorities yes we want them to have a voice and we want them to be represent represent representation right absolutely Um, but but i almost kind of feel like we're just like taking away when we're like oh well no a poo can't be played by this person and uh and now um cleveland uh, cleveland and i just i'm like i don't know it just makes it makes me feel like really weird for some reason because i just I don't know. It just kind of is like, it's all supposed to be like fun and art and humor. And it's like, we've kind of gotten away from that because everyone is scared scared to make fun. Because you're also comedians, Zara. And and I know a lot of comics. I had Brad Ernst, who's a friend of mine. You might know him from the LA comedy circuit, who thinks it's a little, things have gone a little overboard with, with cancel culture and, and, and whatnot. And I don't know, maybe as a comic, you had a different take as a comic and voice actor on whether it's okay or not, you know, on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think Morgan's making a really interesting point that the more, the more we focus on race then the more it'll be about race and not about quality. Mm-hmm. And, um, and 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 I do see your argument 100%. Like this has been, you know, Simpsons has been on for what 30 seasons. So yeah. it's like, yeah. How about how about writing more black characters and just casting them as black characters? Um, like, like it's not. I could see that. Like it's not that actor's fault that he's white. You know, it's right. like right. So just right. the way it's not, you know, anyone's fault that they're anybody that they're any right. race. So. Right. So I can I can see how that's tricky, especially with a cartoon. It seems even more irrelevant, even though I think that like all races should be cast equally. It, it doesn't it doesn't it's in a cartoon more than probably any medium. It, it's it's just about the voice like well, the yeah, voice. I think, yes. I think the uh, the whole idea about voice that comes into play a lot more, I think, with writing than it does in terms of like voice acting, because. I mean, a voice actor is pretty much, you know, someone that's put out there to be a mouthpiece for whatever the writer writes. And like when you like your examples about like The Simpsons or like Cleveland and Family Guy and everything, like I don't know what the writers rooms are like for both both of those shows. But I don't like I don't know how diverse they are. But, um, you know, a lot of the jokes for. you know, for someone like Apu or for someone like Cleveland and stuff, they're written by, you know, white guys. And so, like, you know, their voice with that would be very different than someone who, like, like, Zara, I'm assuming you're Iranian, right? Um, I, yeah, Iranian and Syrian and oh, Spanish. Well, okay, um, I, I'm also Persian. Mike's a member of the oh, tribe. Oh, cool. Oh, very cool. I, I can speak a little Farsi, so I oh, can say... I can. Oh, no. I know how to say I don't know what you're saying. And it, it literally <laughs> <laughs> confuses some people, because, like, women, like, Persian women <laughs> will go up to me and start speaking. Sorry. And they're like, but you do. And you're like, a little. Well, I thought I was helping. But anyway, continue. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, being a multi-ethnic, I mean, I think that's almost... Uh, a benefit because you can kind of go into those pockets, you know, uh, voice Latina character. If you're part Mexican voice, voice uh, um, a Middle Eastern character or just, you know, 
uh, a rappuccini, which sounds Italian, which is, you know, yeah. no right. big deal. No one's batting an eye, you know? So it's like, I don't know. And, and the way I see it, as long as you're entertaining and you, you it's all about the voice yeah. Um, and you're not being hurtful in any way, I, I don't feel why these actors have to step down. I mean, that's just my opinion, but I don't know. That's yeah. Always... I, I I literally don't know either. Maybe I would feel different if I was like full on white. You know, I might have some guilt and be like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? Just take it. Like it's been long enough. I'm good. But I don't. I I like. You know, I I am diverse, so it's like a little. Maybe I'm not like the perfect one to to have a say in the argument. If <laughs> yeah, like, no one no one on this show currently is white. So yeah. <laughs> We're oh, all... yeah, that's also true. Yeah. We're all multiracial. I feel yeah. very aggressive, but I didn't even half notice. Filipino. <laughs> right. Half yeah. I, yeah. I'm actually really glad it wasn't like so obvious. Um, that means we're making progress in the world. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I love that. Like you, Michael, like you were saying, like there definitely needs to be more diversity in the writing room. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I feel like it reflects. Um, but that's a great point. No, that's a really good point. Cause it's like, yeah. even if, even if I were like going in to play a Persian character, which I would feel comfortable doing, like if I knew that it was written by like some white dude being like, right. You know, some like stereotypical. Right. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Probably feel, I, I might feel differently unless, right. uh, unless I knew that it was like, you know, a Middle Eastern person who was like, no, it's cool. You could say this, you know? Right. It, it is tricky. There's so many. There's so many people who bring what they bring to a, to a show and to a, to a room. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess that is why it's so important to have diverse rooms and why people are prioritizing that now. I think that's a really good point. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Great, great discussion there. And of course, uh, you, you get back to the stage, Sarah. Do some comedy, stand-up comedy. Where can we yeah, Where can we see you in the upcoming? Uh, Oh Month. man! Now that everything's starting to open up in LA again. I know it's it's kind of crazy. Um, I I think I think I have some oh, a couple road things booked like in the desert or um I have to look at my schedule. I know I just booked a couple things, but I did my first like live show again um awesome. a week ago. Yeah, it was trippy. I like yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was it was it was weird. You know, like touching mics and like people. You know, it's like yeah. you sort of people yeah, in person. <laughs> so was that you like? Can, because I would imagine before with your uh, prior to prior to, to the pandemic, you probably did a thing where like you would, you know, you would meet a bunch of people in the crowd and everything like afterwards, you like hang out and everything, I guess. Like and that's that's probably a lot of like I'm, I'm guessing you didn't do that last week. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? I had a beer and I was like, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you deserved it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, and and I'm, I mean, I'm I, everyone there is like vaccinated. Luckily in LA, everyone's just like they yeah. just do it, and so I'm I'm kind of just letting it go. But it did take a little bit of convincing myself on my own part to just be like, you know what, just let it go. Smelling beer breath on people, I was like, oh, that's nostalgic. Like, yeah, I right. <laughs> <laughs> I want that again. Like, ah, yeah. that brings me back. Oh, how I missed an awful, disgusting, here nasty hot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> about like there's just um, so handshakes woo. like I don't know if we're like I really thought uh-uh. that that was gone and people a lot of people still don't they're like I'll do the fist bump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like should we still be fist bumping? Probably, right? I was at a I was at a work dinner and the guys were like this and 
I mean, I'm a hugger and I'm vaccinated. So I was like, whatever. But the, but my boss and the other guy were like, so like, so, I haven't, I haven't seen she, people shake hands in a while. It's mostly the fist bumps. So. I can't, I can't think of the last time I shook someone's hand like this. Right? Yeah. Germs. Yeah. It almost is worse than hugging in some ways. Like right. for me, I'm like, I'm like, I'm just going in and we're doing right. it backing like, away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a shake, like I could do anything. That's like your actual hand. Like you're touching the person's clothes and you're just like, yeah, like, good hand. Yeah, because we're past hand. each other. If you're t- you if don't you're know where that hand has been. You don't know. <laughs> I know nothing about that hand. <laughs> is there one of the funnier videos on your on your um official web- website is zaramazrahi.com. Uh, one of the videos on there, you talk about how you went out to dinner with your dad, and because it's LA, older men and younger women is more than uh-huh. frequent. And the waiter has said, how do you two know each other, alluding to <laughs> that you might be a couple or something like that. Oh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> so that really happened. I fucked her mom. <laughs> right. Your dad's answer is, I fucked her mom. That was brilliant. <laughs> I forgot about that joke. I really should look at my website more often. I'm I'm so glad that you just reminded me of that because I might start telling it again. Yes, um, that's <laughs> that's really funny. Um, that I actually I think I think that literally came to me in a dream and. <laughs> Um, and then I woke up and I was like, is that real? And then I like Googled it to make sure that like no one else had said it and they hadn't. And then my dad heard me say it on stage. And and then he was like, he was like, that's funny. But you could tell he was a little weird. And he like (laughs) wanted to admit it was funny. But then he was like, yeah, that was funny. But then he said it like in real life. Like, just uh, somebody, like, how do you guys know each other? And then he said it, and it was fucking hilarious because I was like, "You're in, dude." <laughs> that is I was hysterical. like, "Now it is real." Yeah, so now I feel like I'm not like lying, but yeah, he definitely snagged it, and it was just, it was great. Yeah, it sounded oh, great. Wow. Good to my dad. <laughs> funny. Far, far, far from the tree. That's awesome. Well, <laughs> Zara, Amazing interview. Thank you so much for uh, talking with us here on BTB, Below the Belt Show. And if you could, before we let you go, throw out a a promo. Let us know who you are. Throw out MODOK, Family Guy, whatever you want. And you're on Below the Belt. Throw out a catchphrase, plug, or a joke at the end. Okay. Um, Thank you for having me, Below the Belt. I'm Zara Mizrahi. I do Carmilla on MODOK, also the girl who has sex in the cemetery. Um, and I have also done Family Guy and American Dad. I do Meg's voice getting punched in the face sometimes. And, um, it's been, it's been a pleasure being offensive here. And I hope that we get to do it again soon. Yes. Awesome. And Modoc season two, hopefully. Oh, yeah, Modoc yeah. season two. Hopefully, hopefully. If yeah. You just, yeah. Whoever like loves the show should just like at hulu and mention hulu on the thing i, I have a i will I have a good feeling it'll be it'll be green lip for season yeah. two. Just, yeah. <laughs> number yeah. one streaming you know yeah yeah, definitely. We'll, yeah we'll see that's I mean, on being number one. Oh man thank yeah, you i awesome. that's I'm, I'm so psyched people like the show and and i'm yeah i'm just ha- so happy for the creators and the like brilliant writers and cast on the show i, I think everyone did a great job thank you guys for watching it thank and for you. Having, yeah. like truly such a such a pleasure i appreciate it and Let's take a snapshot yes, before we take go. A photo. All right, on three, two.
Oh, Zara, my yeah. good friend uh, Artie Hall says hello. He, he, you, you guys used to do some acting training together. Do you remember wait, Art, wait. Art, Art Hall? Oh, dude, no way! I haven't talked to Art in forever. Yeah, he's one of my one of my close buddies. Yeah, he's oh, uh, he says God. hello. Dude, tell him I say hi. What a what a crazy blast from the past. It's been like ten years. Yeah, tell him I say what's up. Absolutely, thank you. Cool. Thank you awesome. guys so much. This was awesome. awesome. Thank you. You're awesome. Yeah. You're awesome. Thanks for being on. <laughs> Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. Right. Bye. 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 All right. That was Sarah Mizrahi. She's cute. Lovely like and her. talented <laughs> and uh, funny and wow. Yeah, I, think she's, I think she's I a star in the making. <laughs> Her too. What'd you say, General? I might be kind of in love with her now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did you tell her what she was on the line? She was cute. She was cute and she was funny. I liked her a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I could like she should be in more. She yeah. should like I could see her like live. I think this is the beginning too, of the beginning you know? of a big if you think about it, she said she was in the writer's room and she was an assistant writer. So it, I mean and, that's and then awesome. it just she, then she got the role, and they expanded her role, and then, you know, I mean, she's got a lot of talent, so I'm, I'm really, it's really, really awesome that she, that she uh, has a hit in MODOK, so, um, but yeah, just a couple more things before we wrap up tonight's show, it's been an amazing show from top to bottom, just a couple of things um, on controversy and uh, cancel, on... <laughs> we like to talk about that every week, but uh <laughs> looks like Chris Harrison is continu- continuing to get canceled, Morgan. He will not be the host. He will not be hosting Bachelor in Paradise. David Spade will actually be hosting the upcoming. So they, got an- they got another white man. I mean, they- if you want to talk about like. <laughs> but I'm David just saying, like, a funny man. He's a funny guy, you know. I love David Spade, but like that doesn't Does make he- any sense to me. I think he's going to be a great host, and it's the Bachelor in Paradise, so it's just- he's going to be hilarious. Like, yeah. But it's going to be a stable of hosts, rotating stable. So it'll be one of the hosts. They're not sure. It's unclear whether Chris Harrison will return for the Bachelorette man. in the fall. But Bachelor in Paradise, he will not be coming up. All right. We've got to ask General about this because we talked about it on Below the Belt show. One of our favorite comics from the Vertigo was The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Yeah. And they're getting a Netflix TV adaptation. And, you know... A lot of there's a lot of controversy you know, the casting choices yeah yes i know so, i know so this is what this is basically what neil gaiman says i give all the fucks about the work you know oh. he said it really irks him and he doesn't give a fuck uh about standing so okay so basically he said um it irks him that gaiman doesn't give a fuck about standing by his work is what one fan said then he said, I spent 30 years successfully battling bad movies of Sandman. I give zero fucks about people who don't understand, haven't read Sandman whining about a non-binary right. desire or that death isn't white enough. Watch right. the show. Make up your minds. Dude, the character desire was already non-binary to begin with. Right, right. Didn't really have a gender. They're so all, Actually, all of the characters, all of the endless, they're supposed to be abstract concepts. You're not right. supposed to like they're not really supposed to have real forms. I mean, they were they were displayed in the comics as all white people because right. comics was from the 80s and 90s. And like that's what like was actually I don't think all of them were white in the comics, but most of them were. 
and they were kind of mythical. They had yeah. porcelain skin. Right, right. But the I whole mean, the whole concept of it was like they're supposed to be they're supposed to be these like universal concepts. So right. what they look like to me would be totally different than what they would look like to you compared to what they would look like to like a tribesman in Africa or a um a guy in Russia or a guy in Japan right. or whatever. You know, or you know, it's um it's supposed to be like that's that's like one of the main tenets of uh, of of the entire comic is that they're supposed to be like kind of mercurial and they keep changing. And so, like, I totally I don't understand. Like, I get why some people, especially in a lot of like sort of toxic nerd culture, like they they get super <laughs> conservative of what they want, like this, uh, what they want their characters to be like. And, you know, same thing, like when the first Thor movie came out and Idris Elba played Heimdall and all these people bitched about like, how can a Norse guy yeah. black? Right. They're in, you know, they're it's a different be- planet. So yeah. I think and, people are, shouldn't really be up in arms. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Although I do remember Death as the Winota Rider, porcelain yeah. skin, dark I mean, black hair. That, that is the one thing that I'm a little disappointed about, and it's a personal disappointment, is because Death was hot as fuck in the comics. <laughs> and well, like, you're not saying that this actress is not hot as fuck? I mean, is that... I, I don't... Or is, it, or is it... you don't Race aside, you don't think she's worthy no, uh, portrayed no, no. That, is, would, no, would, that has nothing to do with it i'm sure she's going to do a wonderful role i'm sure she's going right. to be amazing in it i'm just saying that like uh you know like you know 12 or 13 year old mike had a very definitive idea of what i know so did 12 or 13 al soto yeah and it's but, like but that and that's and and that's the only thing i'm like yeah i'm not trying to like overstate that because what, what's the actress's name? I forgot her name. Yeah, so the actress that will be playing. Um, so we have um, Kirby Howell Baptist will be portraying Death. Okay, okay. Character that is visually depicted as white in the comics. Right, right. So and, and Neil Gaiman is standing yeah, by. She was on, she was on uh, The Good Place. She played uh, Chidi's ex-wife. Right. And... Um, yeah, I mean she'll she'll more than likely do a really great job on it, and uh, you but know you would have you would have liked to seen an actress that kind of looks like the counterpart in the comics, but you but don't want it to come off as controversial by saying so. Right, Is that kind of where. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm not upset about it, and especially right. if it has Neil Gaiman's. Um, if it has Blessing, Neil, yeah, yeah, Neil he's Gaiman is. Yeah. Neil is powerful enough that he's not like a yet. I mean, he's he's well established enough that he's not like being a shill or a yes man to like the studio. Like it said, like he turned down a number of um, of offers for Sandman to be adapted over the years. And so if he feels like this is furthering his vision, then by all means, he's the creator. He's standing by this work, yeah. but but apparently. Some fans um, say that he's selling out, or you know, they're trying to be woke, or whatever, you know. But well, anyone, anyone who uses the term "oh," they they're trying to be woke as some kind of pejorative, you know. They yeah. are they already have some kind of like agenda with what they're saying anyway, and it has right. nothing to do with like you can make just as great a story with um, um, God damn, I forgot her name again, Kirby Howell. Okay. Yeah. 
as the yes. as the as death as you can with anyone as you right. know. So who, and who, they're just like, they're they're entities. They're like you know, it's just it's just not close to the comic counterparts. But at the end of the day, they're not human. Right. So, mm-hmm. exactly. the, and the other the other thing you got to think about in terms of like and. I've never had a problem, like even being like a big, you know, a guy who reads a lot of comics and everything. I have never had a problem with adaptations changing the stories from the comics. Okay. Especially when all the characters are white. Yeah. And it's like, but a lot of it, like, you know, because if I wanted to see something that was exactly like the stories in the comics, what would be the point? I have the comics. Mm -hmm. I could. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you want to see different visions. You want to see different ideas. Right. And um, a lot of fandom, a lot of like, you know, certain certain toxic elements of fandom don't seem to understand. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's it's such a shame because all it does is kind of limit how we see these great stories. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, it's like if you wanted to like, do you want to see, for example, like you know, every single Spider-Man movie uh, was about, like, Uncle Uncle Ben and Aunt May. Aunt May, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. you don't want to see that all the time. And and that's what doing to us. Although they did the hot Aunt May for the third... Right, right. But I mean, like, if they were... If they were <laughs> that was we, got different, we got different Aunt Mays. We got right. a different kind of Aunt May. Mm-hmm. With the sexy exactly. And dying in every single Spider-Man movie. <laughs> get really so weird. irritated. Yeah, yeah it gets old. But it's interesting. Speaking of non-binary, another actress has come out as non-binary, Leo Tipton, uh, formerly known as Annalie Tipton. You mm-hmm. might know her from uh, Crazy Stupid Love. She was also on America's Next ah. Top Model. Um, yeah, she just announced that her, her pronouns are they and she. So she's still a she, but also a they, and that she identifies as queer and non-binary. And interestingly enough, we talked, I uh, mentioned that uh, Demi Lovato uh, wanted to be known as they, them. So, yeah, there's more uh, non-binary people, uh, you know, coming out. Um, Nickelodeon star, oh, I lost my, um, that's my page. <laughs> there's a, um, an actor from Nickelodeon um, that is trans, and I believe it's the first trans actor in a Nickelodeon show. So that's kind of like groundbreaking on that end. But let me run back to the article so I you know I'm talking about it correctly. But uh so yeah, so it's uh Michael Cohen on Nickelodeon launched the Trans Youth Acting Challenge to help trans and non-binary youth break into business. Um and he actually revealed that he has been cast in the series um, or one of one of the uh, trans actors that he is working with in the Trans Youth Acting Challenge has been cast on a series Danger Force, along with his sister Natalie Cohen. So um, it's not it's not the Sasha Cohen that we know, Sasha Baron Cohen. This is Sasha A. Cohen. Um, there they will actually appear on the June nineteenth episode, which you know, this is the the first kid of trans on a Nickelodeon show. So it's kind of like, um, you know, historical in, in a sense. And because it is Pride Month, we should uh, definitely um, 
you know, acknowledge things like that, you know. Um, representation does matter. Um, and I guess I'll end tonight with um, just shocking WWE um, releases. Um, I'm just completely blown away by this announcement, guys. Braun Strowman released from his WWE contract. He was like a main event wow. star. He was a former Universal Champion, and apparently he made like one million per year on his new contract. And they pretty much ended his contract, terminated his contract early. So you think there's some weird behind the scenes? There must be weird behind the scenes with him. Yes, you don't just release a talent of that caliber without a backstory. Well, a lot you, think, of people, you think he's like a like a truly did he do something truly terrible that they're keeping we uh, don't know they, that um but the fact that it, a lot of people there, there's another interesting theory is that um they feel that wwe is looking to be sold the company itself so instead of being owned by Vince McMahon, he would sell the entire company to another outside company which i guess they kind of already did with get, trying to get comcast or nbc universal like to that buy the it. WWE, right. Yeah. Uh, and if that's the case, um, they're trying to do some drastic cuts because Braun Strowman made $1 million, um per year um, for an unknown, you know, I think for like at least two or three more years he still had on his contract. They release other talents like Aleister Black, Lana, Ruby Riot, Buddy Murphy, and Santana Garrett. So that just... Are, are, you know, the, the Ruby Riot's phenomenal. I, I'm just shocked about her because she's such a great worker. Alistair Black was, like, kind of pushed into the intercontinental title picture on SmackDown. Um, but, and he had promos to, you know, promote his return. Lana had a great tag team uh, for a little while. And she had this really great gimmick or funny gimmick where she was put through a table every week through Nia Jax. That was actually really entertaining. But at least, you know, uh, Lana can join her husband, uh, Rusev, uh, over on AEW. Alistair Black, um, he could, you know, him and his wife, um, Zelina Vega, can show up in a different company. Um, And, of course, the Iconics we announced had been released, both the Iconics. And um, they will probably show up in AEW as well. Um, Again, really shocked about their... uh, um, releases of a Braun Strowman, Alistair Black and Braun Strowman particularly. Um, I know they got to make budget cuts and people have to go, but that, that that was just over the top. You know, I just did not expect that. And of course, we have to end with those that have departed this earth. So a couple uh, rest in peace, rest in peace shout outs to um, actor Joe Lara, uh, who is in Tarzan, The Epic Adventures, died tragically in a plane crash. Um, his Ooh. wife, his wife Gwen, was also on that plane as well. Um, crashed into a lake near Smyrna, Tennessee, which took off from an airport around um, that morning. So, very, very sad. Uh, Gavin McLeod, uh, who was known from the Love Boat, Captain Mc- Steubing. McLeod. Uh, okay, McLeod. Okay, from the Mary Tyler Moore Show as well. Yeah. Um, passed away at the age of ninety. Oh, that could have uh, been a classic cut. You could have played the Love Boat theme song. I have another idea for the classic cut coming <laughs> up. Robert Hogan, TV actor who appeared in over 100 primetime shows, has died uh, due to complications from pneumonia. 
Arlene Galanka, character actor playing Millie Swanson in Mayberry RFD, passed away um, at the age of 85. Uh, Romy Walthall, an actress known for Face Off and Camp Nowhere, died after suffering cardiac arrest. Uh, veteran voice actor Paul Souls passed away. He was he actually re- uh, voiced the elf, Hermie the elf, in the Rudolph oh the Red Nosed Reindeer. Hermie. Yeah. yeah, the voice of the elf. He's uh, he's ninety. He was ninety when he passed away. Bless him. Yeah, right. I um, want to be a dentist. I know. We <laughs> don't classic. need any chewing dolls. Such a classic, <laughs> I could go right? on. Yeah. Wayne Buddy Van Horn, Clint East was longtime stunt double and sometimes director. Had passed away at the age of ninety-two. F. Lee Bailey, celebrity attorney who defended O. J. Simpson, the Boston Strangler, and Patricia Hearst. Um, had passed away at the age of eighty-seven. You know the the O. J. Simpson trial completely destroyed his career. Like he um he almost got disbarred for it and oh. he was um he was because um, he was like a supremely respected, well respected yeah. before that. And um yeah, that he made a lot of mistakes during being part of the OJ Simpson defense. Yeah. Well, rest in peace. I mean he right, I know that Johnny Cochran had passed away and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Robert Kardashian had passed away. So a lot of the attorneys from, yeah. from his dream team are no longer with us, interestingly enough. All right. So, um, of course, we already announced that John Davis from Millie Vanilli had passed away due to COVID-19. And this last name will end with the uh, second classic cut in tonight's show. Um, his name is BJ Thomas. He's an award-winning singer known for raindrops keep falling on my head. Um also among his hits were Hank Williams, I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. Um, and that song actually was featured in Spider-Man 2. Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Yeah. Um, Clerks 2. Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle. Um, yeah. Butch Cassidy, The Sundance Kid. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's an iconic song. So I figured Blame It on the Rain was yeah. the... Uh, the classic cut in the, in the middle of the show. We'll end another show. Another. We'll end the show with another song about rain, <laughs> which is raindrops keep falling my head. So there we go. All tied in, guys. So we'd like to thank, of course, this amazing panel. You guys rock. You guys are amazing. Mike the General Zod. Thank you. Jen Pop, aka the man with the calming presence, aka the Persian Prince of Pop Culture. Of course, she is the one and only Your Grace Morgan Fab, aka Miss LST, and every Daenerys catchphrase. And then we have the one and I love you too. Love you being here. We have Allie Dash, the one and the only, the adorable one, the great mom. Maybe you can come up with another nickname we can add to your mom. I like the adorable. I love the adorable one. Allie's not crazy about that one. Mm, I came up with it. And because you Al- are adorable. You are adorable. Is it growing? Is the nickname growing on you? It's growing on me. I've adorable Allie. I love it. I, you know, we have to come up with something. You know. Something, okay, something else than a amazing Allie, awesome Allie. Well we'll, well, well, we'll we'll come up with something else. Yeah, for sure. And of course, 
Thank you to Zara Mizrahi. Make sure you check out Modoc on Hulu. Mike the General Zod, I'm sure you'll get a uh, login and password from from uh, from a colleague, right? <laughs> so you can watch it. <laughs> a friend and colleague. Yes, yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna set that up actually. Oh, you're setting it up. Okay, you're announcing it. Uh. Okay. <laughs> watch the <laughs> no, no, Modoc. Yeah, I'm gonna. Was it Sarah brilliant? Sarah was absolutely brilliant. I'm gonna turn my light off now because I'm blinding myself. Oh, there we go. We're ending tonight Um, with BJ Thomas, guys. So, does anyone only have any last parting words before conclude tonight's show? Um, Morgan Fab on Instagram, right? I have a new dance video, Morgan Fab. Um, it's my fifteenth dance video with Deepa Dance, my friend that does like Bollywood hip hop. Um. You can check that out on my Instagram, Morgan Fabulous. All right. That's all I got for now. Morgan Alley, <laughs> any uh, last minute plugs? Nothing as of now. Um, okay. Hopefully some things in, to come. Okay. Um, hopefully. But I've been doing some voiceover, so that's been fun. Nice. If you got a voiceover project to plug, let us know next time then for sure. Definitely. Mike the General's odd. Any... um. You got your album dropping yet? You got any? <laughs> still, still in post production. We're uh, we're still uh, we're still working on it. <laughs> and of course, I'm on set tomorrow, guys. Um, yes. It's good to be on nice. set on a uh, on a show that may or may not be on the FX network, and that's all I guess. I can say. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, watch me on Mayor Vistan on HBO episode one. Watch me in the uh, a new Guinness. Lava Gulen commercial. That's uh, um, a new product by Guinness. Um, uh, Nick Offerman is uh, brilliant. He, him and his father starred in the commercial. You'll see me slurping some beer in the background. <laughs> I've become like kind of like the token beer drinker in the background. So I was in Maravis Town. I was like the town drunk. And then I'm in, in the Guinness factory as the factory drunk. So... Let's just keep it going. <laughs> there we go. I got a big announcement for BTB. Um, next week is our summer finale. Um, I I need to take a little break. It's uh, my sister's yeah. coming into town uh, in two right. weeks. So I'm so excited. That's awesome. Um, B2B will be on an approximately two to three week hiatus after next week. So we're gonna we're gonna bring in bring on a bang next week for a major show. Um, I'm going to take some vacation, much needed vacation, still trying to figure that out, but, um, BTB will take a little break starting next week, but we will be back next week, guys. So on behalf of everybody here, here's BJ Thomas, raindrops keep falling on my head to close out tonight's show. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, summer finale until then. Peace. Peace. Falling on my head And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling So I just did need some talking to the sun Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.
Goodbye, goodbye.